Serving you with a spoon. Rapungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rapungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rapungi 3000 is on the way. Rock your show and yo to save the day. Rapungi 3K, 3K. This is British Wrestling Spotlight on the IndieCorner.com. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. And we're back for a Wrestling Media Con special. Uh, it's been a few days since we were all at the big event. How are you guys? How's things? Have you uh, been. Uh, I don't know, detoxing from a, a very, very busy weekend of wrestling. It seems like it's uh, not stopping at the moment. Oh, you well, Joe's had a... You've had a bit of a break from it all, haven't you, for the most part? Uh, I've, yeah, I've, I haven't really watched anything since, if I'm honest. It was a great weekend, um, but, yeah, just sometimes nice to decompress, let's say, from just watching wrestling, yeah. <laughs> doing some other stuff as well, watching some other stuff and... Did a bit of reading and all the rest of it, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I was trying to catch up today. That's what I did while doing uh, various other bits and bobs. I, I found some time to sort of sit down and just watch some wrestling on a day off work. And uh, yeah, back to work this week. That's been completely knackering me out. So yeah, there we go. Uh, what have you been watching, JP? I, uh, it started off early last week because it was going to Leamington mm. Then it was going to Rev Pro in the week. Then it was obviously MediaCon of the weekend. Um, so it's been like a lot of stuff going on within the last week. And we were just saying before we started about how busy weekends are and other stuff we'd like to catch up on. But it's simply trying to find the time. Mm. There's an incredible amount of wrestling going going on. It doesn't seem like it's going to let up anytime soon. Yeah, like those WXW shows from a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I'm God. interested in watching. They look like good fun shows. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, when am I ever going to get this time to watch them? Mm, yeah, I kind of need to do it because obviously me and you, JP, we're heading off to Oberhausen in a in a couple of weeks. That's yeah. coming up fast. I can't. I kind of looked at my diaries. Oh shit, that's a, a few weeks off. Um, I do kind of want to get myself back in tune with WXW. Have you been watching much of that to kind of get yourself uh, up and running, or have you been practicing your bowling for the the Oberhausen <laughs> Open that's uh, that's coming up allegedly? I'm absolutely shit at bowling. That's the thing. I'm I'm, I'm terrible at it. I'll, I'll have on? a go. There's a bowling kind of. They're going to do a, a little bowling tournament, <laughs> like as we well. do. Oh, just a few people on Twitter. One of us just yeah, this, it the out. Sarah's oh, podcast put it together, the, didn't they? That's it for oh, the right. uh, Oberhausen Open. Oh, okay. Um, I'm terrible at bowling, but I'll have a crack if need be. <laughs> um, I've been trying to catch up on little bits. Um, found myself watching I've seen some of the fan appreciation show and I've seen a couple of the older shotguns mm. as well just trying to get up, up to speed with the storylines as much as anything else um, still looks great really looking forward to going over little bit gutted that the week after that there's an absolutely belting show going on in um, in Dublin 
Yeah, I've seen a few people kind of trying to tempt you over, JP, to go back to the to the homeland and me as well. I'd I'd love to get out. I know you guys went to a was it last year? Now you went to to OTT. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to do it, but yeah, it's just coming too soon, isn't it? After Germany, it is. My bank can I, my bank balance can only take so much, so I'm going to have to take a, a bit of a, a, a miss that one for the time being. But I'm sure they're going to have some other cracking shows. They really like going down that model of a lot of dream matches um, and a dream match promotion is something I can always kind of get on board with. Mm. It's very hard not to. Especially when they know how to promote uh, matches and the way they promote that. Uh, Walter versus uh, Jordan Devlin match last month as well. I think Osprey Walter is a match that obviously you saw at Defiant, Ben. I I haven't seen it yet. Um, But we all wanted to see in a proper promotion yeah <laughs> i sound like a snob but um yeah and then uh, something like an ott that you know it's going to have more of a buzz around it mm. and it's going to probably feel like a bigger match as a result so yeah really looking forward to seeing that one yeah it would be great if we could get over as well but yeah it's not the best timing is it no it's not it's just like yeah. saying a busy couple of months obviously i assume you two will be going to global wars uh, that weekend as yeah, well. Yeah, so is that the next day? It's the next day, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it looks like there's a bit of a, a talent sharing thing going on there. OTT very much on the RevPlo slash New Japan side. That's uh, that's definitely worked out for them uh, when they can put together. But they're still using Jordan Devlin. That's true. Yeah, they kind of like the maybe it's the fact that they're they're in Ireland and they're a little bit separate that WWE maybe don't see them as a threat or maybe Devlin's putting in a good way, but. Yeah, they're getting to put together matches like that. Put Osprey against Walter and put Minoru Suzuki against Tim Thatcher and bring over LIJ. And they play the blinder, haven't they, OTT and, and all this stuff? They really have. And, and it kind of shows you, and this almost follows in from a lot of what we said in when we reviewed All In, this idea of cooperation and, and talent trading. It does work out best for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, for this one as well, I mean, you'd hope that OTT will have LIJ up against um, some of the regulars in OTT who um, have, you know, really been making a name for themselves and a lot of them coming over and working Fight Club Pro mm. in their three in their shows that they did in uh, London and Wolverhampton. So they're on a really good path. They've got a hell of a talent base and they're getting some really big shows. I would think that would sell out the national, uh, the national ballroom and the the kind of atmosphere that that's a national ballroom, the national stadium, mm. and the kind of atmosphere that's going to generate is going to be incredible. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's just uh, it's kind of cool that you can you can you could head out there for a, a big big show like that and get that big atmosphere, or you can stick around London and go get to see Brixton. Is it that Rev Pro are running? Um, or yeah, can, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, apparently, they couldn't get York Hall. They couldn't get Walthamstow Assembly Hall either. Mm. Um, I think they had Crystal Palace, and then Crystal Palace had double booked mm. and had to cancel on Rev Pro, which I think would have been a great venue because it's two thousand yeah. as well. So it would have been a real challenge to see what they could have mm. see what their max is in London really with that sort of main event, especially mm. after drawing three thousand. Was it three thousand or was it two? So it's just over two five in Old Trigger with the same main I think event. They, they so. printed as three, which is you know impressive. You know, from a if, yeah. if progress do that for for Wembley, then it won't be the you know complete disaster. That's kind of the number I'm expecting them to do uh, at the moment. So mm-hmm. yeah, they could if they'd done it there, they could have yeah maybe maybe it's a little bit short notice for Global Wars, but I don't know what what's this. 
Is it is the Brixton uh, venue? Brixton Recreation Centre. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. We, well, any idea on the capacity, or do you know much about the venue? I, as far as I know, and I had a little check on it. I lived in Brixton hmm. for like a year, so I'm really surprised I don't know it at all. Um, but as far as I'm aware, it's just like a big. It's quite an old building as well that does rather like York Hall. Hmm. There's like a gym and stuff there, but there's also like the swimming pool. And I get the impression it's basically like a, a kind of gym hall where they have basketball mm. effectively, which as an atmosphere, it could be amazing to get to see something of the level of Ishii uh, versus Suzuki in there. But at the same time, I think it's, it is on the small side on the upside. Brixton's a pretty easy place to get to if you're in london mm. if you're trying to get trains in though it can be really expensive but if you're in london it's reasonably straightforward yeah, you get a train and jump on the victoria line it's not too bad is I it i saw people checking prices for like trains going in into london as well as going to brixton and okay a, like going to brixton train station so i wonder whether or not you just get to london and get on the victoria yeah line. just jump on the underground it's easy it's really easy yeah. yeah, I was kind of looking at it if it wasn't again a week after Germany because uh, I think they, they've made the start yeah. time early as well, haven't they? So I could potentially get the the last train back home up north. So that is tempting as well. Maybe I'll see how the how the lineup uh, shakes out. But yeah, they've got a, a hard act to follow from uh, from OTT. So I'd expect that there'll uh, be some big matches announced there. Four to last seven on a Sunday as well, Ben. If you make it, it'll be like going to progress again. <laughs> it will. It will. <laughs> so they run to time, though. That's the one. Th- that's the negative I've heard. Uh, I, they can say they're going to finish at half seven, but will they really? Um, I don't know. I've never known them to run that over. I know they did on the first day of the TV tapings. The second day went late as well. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, couple it... of your cool shows I can think of have gone late, yeah. but not late, late. The first one with the Elite went late. Yeah, um, I think they started to get better at your call. I did, yeah. The last one with the Bucks and Marty, I think, went late as well, if I remember rightly. And it's not terrible by any means, I don't think. Mm. But to be honest, I don't really have much of a hardship getting back to where yeah. I live from London. So maybe I've just not thought about it in the same way others probably do. have got a little bit further to go. So mm. I know with the TV tapings, that was a massive part of the problem, particularly, yeah. on, a, particularly on a weeknight. Mm, especially on that first night on the first way over yeah Yeah, he really did and i think on the second night it was finished by about when i was there it was about quarter to 11 Mm. by the time it's finished so yeah and that was getting four episodes as well sorry i've just gone straight into the tv (laughs) we might as well talk it while we're here i mean uh not to make it too heavy on red pro in the intro but jp you did get to those uh, tv tapings uh i don't know where we stand with spoilers and stuff i think they're they're all out there you were running the indie corner twitter on the night so i don't think uh if anyone is worried maybe fast forward about five minutes but i suppose how was it as uh as a live experience getting to be there as a as rev pro put tv together you didn't go did you joe were you sick um, I was going to go, um, and I'll be honest, I just had a knackering, knackering, knackering week, mm. and I felt myself like sort of getting a bit sick. My girlfriend was ill, and I woke up, and you know when you get that really horrible, tingly feeling at the back of your throat? Yeah. And I had loads on last week. I had a really full-on weekend the weekend before, going to Leamington and going to cockpit as well, plus I had some stuff on the Friday night, and back to work last week, I was... I just yeah, it would have been one step too far. To be honest, if we weren't doing media con, I would have just 
like you know yeah. sucked it up and gone but it was wanting to stay fit for MediaCon on yeah. the weekend as well and i think if i'd have gone on the the thursday night i'd have felt crap at MediaCon. Mm. so yeah. yeah it was a wise move to skip one <laughs> i was gutted i gotta yeah. say it was a, it was a good chat i must say as well i wasn't doing the twitter feed it was dave dave green did both nights oh, right, the okay. yeoman that he is um absolutely you know and these were hard shows mm. to do live results from so I, I won't go too much into spoilers i think the really the, the, the key thing almost to take from it is how it will look and being there live the way they'd set it up and i think the attendance for both nights was probably around 400 or so what was interesting about it was um just the way it, it looked set up for tv you had three cameras on the uh, on the balcony looking over like the kind of cameras you see being used at like premier league games mm. And they were on the side. Um, they had an LED screen sort of facing as you walked in with this thing called World of Pro Wrestling, which I thought was going to be like almost like a hint that they were going to do a, bl- a block of sorts on free sports and maybe have other wrestling. And, you know, in my head, I was thinking, just put New Japan with it. It makes complete sense. But apparently, I, I don't think that actually is the case. I think it's just something that they want to kind of label wrestling with on free sports. Mm. So... Yeah, uh, I don't think that that dream's going to happen just yet. Um, and where the entranceway was, it was just an enormous LED screen. And they had a crane cam out there, so when the entrances are coming out, and I believe they were doing the editing live backstage. So there's lots of production elements here that it will be a real upgrade from what they've had before. And it's going to be fascinating to see how it comes across. The impression I got is that the crowd were hotter at the start of the first night, and then, obviously, as the tapings went on, and mm. as late as they went, it re- it tapered off towards yep. the end. They were meant to be dead for that Daryl Allen. Was it Daryl Allen and James Mason, I think? I've read they were uh, absolutely so. dead for, and that was like the 11th match or something like yes. that of the night. It just seems like, you know, not the best match to put on at that time, sort of two guys who were very versed mm. in their technical wrestling, I suppose. Well, it was like the nature of each of the, of the shows. They tended to have, like, a tag team match, uh, a singles match that was kind of leading to leading within storylines and they would have on occasion like a, a great Okan squash match but they weren't like squash matches in the sense that you know it, these were young wrestlers that we knew so people uh, like Carlos Romo the former Adam Chase who got in enough stuff to kind of look good but it was the result was never really in doubt so there was there was a lot of good action and a lot of people who I haven't we haven't seen RevPro focus on before mm. um, people like MK McKinnon coming in like say with uh, James Mason and Daryl Allen um, you had uh, Jody and Johnny were on the on the taping that I was at Greg Burridge as well yeah. so you're getting a few kind of older British guys as well but maybe a bit more of a TV style I suppose that's it. it it seemed like there was a like there was a really good cross-section of matches very, very different to each other, um, all of which generally running sort of eight to ten minutes with one per episode that would perhaps go about 15. So the structure of it seems to be clear, like that's the main event and they're going to have three other matches on there. And they were live editing it as it as it went on, as I say, and I think they had a bit set up at the back where Kevin Kelly was doing promos with them backstage. So this could be like a very serious wrestling product. Mm. 
I was kind of encouraged by, like, say, the spoilers coming out, what you've been saying about it and the way it seems to be framed. The fact that it's a one-hour TV show makes me happy. Um, at least that's what it yes. feels like. And I think Andy Coulton's actually outright said it now that they were, I think he said that on his podcast, didn't he, that they were looking for, for live two hours every other week, something yeah. like the, that's demanding, the old, isn't it? yeah, the old raw schedule of, of taping one week as well as doing a live show. Uh, I just don't think that would have worked. And it was kind of, it's almost discouraging, isn't it? The free sports maybe didn't learn that lesson from working with Five Star yeah. and trying to do those live mammoth three-hour shows every week, and they had to get talked into a, a shorter slot. But I think it's... I like the idea of live wrestling every week, but there's just so many... At this level, there's so many things that can go wrong, aren't there? And especially if you if you made it those mammoth tapings again. Yeah, what's the obsession with live? <laughs> it's almost like they've got to fill hours, yeah. so they're com- they're willing to go live, so they can fill a couple of hours. It's a money pit for a station like that. Yeah, I get like maybe a two-hour live special every few months, maybe, but yeah. three hours live, like old Five Star, just oh, this. Please never again. I will say this felt like it was building up to a live special. Mm. It felt like or building up to the next set of tapings. You would hope. You need those kind of big shows along the way, don't you? To kind of give meaning to storylines and be able to end them in a natural way and and start new ones. Mm. So I hope they're building up towards that. I mean, that would be much more rewarding for free sports in the long run and much more rewarding for Rev Pro. And it gives them a chance to iron out the kinks of the TV shows and and work on the characters. My matches that we get, at those shows feel that little bit bigger as well mm. almost like an nxt takeover like schedule would be quite nice i think yes that's kind of what i want it to be something like where the tv pay it feels like i mean you can probably correct me here jp that the tv is almost i don't want it to be its own universe i don't want it to be a case of you know for example chris brooks working mm. heavily as a heel on the tv and then yeah. maybe you know for a your call or a cockpit show do you get a different chris brooks that's not I think that's that's kind of like I mean Joe will remember remember when Ring of Honor got when they were first they oh, went from doing just gosh. DVDs yeah, to having live yeah kind of had the DVD timeline HDNet. the live show timeline HD net and also they were doing pay per views and all four were kind of on their own like timeline of, of stuff you'd watch it was hard to to watch things properly in succession I don't think we so much have that problem with Rev Pro because they put their VOD out so quickly so that's good. But again, I suppose it depends on what the delay is on the TV. And yeah, that, that would kind of be more worried. Did it feel like that, JP? Did it feel like its own contained universe? Or do you think it is part of the, the wider RevPro universe, as it were? It did a bit. It did a bit, a bit feel like it's kind of its own universe. I mean, I think Chris, the Chris Brooks example is the kind of most obvious mm. one out of all of them being, being the case. And I think it was just there were lots of new combinations of people mm. um and those who had only perhaps appeared at the cockpit like the like the hunter brothers being quite a big part of of the shows as well but then there were things that it felt like it was leading up to mm. that would work within say a standard york hall show right um i think there's a, there's a hopefully enough of that i mean it's a very difficult high wire balancing act you've got to pull off but it really depends. It depends how it comes out, which 
Is there a date on when it's coming out? Is it end of the month? I think um, so. I did see some of that date, but I can't remember what it was exactly off the top of my head. Do you know, Ben? No, I don't think anything's been officially announced. I think it's more a case of mm-hmm. it's toward, I think towards the end of the month um, is kind of the, the verbiage that's been used. So I expect there'll be a proper announcement soon from Free Sports at some point. Yeah, you'd hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hopefully, I mean, they were doing the edit there. I'd imagine that, you know, there's they've got a couple of weeks off. Mm. So I say, yeah, is it about a couple of weeks off they've got? They mentioned something about having a little break, yeah. Yeah, so after the last week, I imagine that over that time they'll get the TV ready and end of the month would kind of suit it down to the ground. It would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I guess, yeah, I'm excited to see it myself. Yeah, I think it's it sounds like they've got the, the head screwed on and it does sound like it'll be a, a fun one-hour uh, TV product uh, to follow through. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll wait and see uh, how it all turns out. Uh, mm. Should we talk some MediaCon? Yeah, let's let's do it. Yep, that's the main reason we're, we're doing the show today. We're going to talk uh, wrestling MediaCon from last weekend at Bowler's Exhibition Centre. We we all made the trip. We should say uh, first off that we did. We went as uh, as members of the press. We had the me. I don't know who they mm. thought we were, but we got media passes for the weekend, so we should outright state that uh, before we get into you know, our thoughts on the the overall of the weekend. Uh, JP, you spoke to Paul Benson, the man behind it all, last week. He did an interview with yeah. us uh, on the Indie Corner. Feed and uh, gave you a bit of an idea of of what was to come um i suppose i uh, don't really know where to start with this media con what was the what was your impression of speaking to paul and what did you think of uh, the reality um of the con uh, when you got there it was a, a long drive for you guys it was um i suppose when speaking to paul he was very nice i mean you, your your brother was very friendly to me <laughs> no um, relation i don't think no <laughs> we had a chat about that we think we're different banos we're pretty sure <laughs> it, it, there was like a whole wide variety of things when when doing preparation for the interview as well having a look at all the stuff that was on there mm. um when we went in we were there early on the first day to get there for the pat patterson with uh his interview with Dave Meltzer, we went in and it was really empty. Mm. And that was the first thing. And there was like a kind of little feeling of like, oh God, is this going to be completely dead? Now, I have to say it was like midday on the Saturday for it. But I think Pat Patterson wasn't the best person to no. be on the stage at that time either, was he? He was uh, very <laughs> awkward, didn't oh. really seem to embrace like the idea of what he was doing Meltzer seemed almost a little bit awkward being up there with him Dave's amazing they're just talking and talking about wrestling but when he was when he hosts I don't think uh, necessarily his strength let's say so yeah it was a weird one wasn't it it just looked kind of Gotta say, driving in, the drive wasn't too bad. It was about three hours. Yeah. And then but then driving past the Trafford Centre and around an industrial estate and going past several uh, food trucks, went past one called Ailey's, another <laughs> uh, that was doing an extra large sausage barn. Um Butty Barn. What's his accent you doing here, John? Yeah. Uh, Manchester, mate. <laughs> Lots of Corey over the years. Um, <laughs> um, and it was just like, okay, these are the kind of places that when you're in an, on an industrial site, mm. um, you sort of will go to because they're 
easy on an industrial yeah. estate. I was thinking to myself, okay, this is not a good location. Mm. And then, yeah. my God, was it a jaunt around the industrial estate to actually find the venue. <laughs> and I've got to say, the choice of venue was pretty shocking. <laughs> you had said it. Oh, go on. So, I was going to say, Benno, you'd said it before when you'd gone there for the Defiant show. Mm. And I don't think it really hit me how remote this place was. <laughs> It is really in the middle of nowhere. I mean, yeah, like you say, I went to the Defiant show. I've been to what culture shows before in the past, and it's it is only forty minutes drive from my front door, so I can't complain too much. But there really is not much else going on in that area. It's kind of you need a really big attraction to get people to travel out, and I know they do other things like comic cons and and all kinds within that venue. Um, and it's a good venue for it. It's a big open building that you can kind of turn into mm. anything you know the defiant used the room where all the wrestling was going on during MediaCon is what defiant used the last time i went to see them but the time before that when it was a bit busier they'd use the the bigger part of the of, of the place and it's a good building from that point of view but yeah it, it, it's, a, it's a hard ass to kind of get people to travel out i almost think you know we're going to talk uh, a few of the things that happened over the weekend but if it was in the centre of Manchester, I'm not exactly sure where you could do it in the centre of Manchester. There is, yeah, uh, there's Manchester, there's Victoria Warehouse, and there's uh, I think it's Grand Manchester Central. I think uh, that I've been to a, a con type thing at before. There are venues like that, but they probably don't come. Maybe this place because it's got the the wrestling link. Maybe that's why they it ended up getting chosen, or it, it could be a price thing. But yeah, it's certainly off put, and I can't. I'd imagine if I was you guys, I'd be thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm maybe not going to make travel out to out to here to this remote place uh, unless there was something that really, really grabbed you in future. Yeah, I think hanging out in an industrial estate for two days mm. kind of wears thin after a while. But I gotta say, the fact it was in an industrial estate, the fact the venue was shit, mm. the fact that it was utterly bleak inside and quite depressing. The fact that I walked in on someone during wrestling cosplay doing an impression of Nakamura on a stage with five people watching and cheering while a Rev Pro show was going on kind of made it great at the same time. <laughs> hey, we had a good weekend. Yeah, I had a cracking weekend. Yeah. I must state that. I had a bloody amazing weekend. One of the better wrestling weekends I think I've ever had, and there have been some memorable ones. But as bleak as this was i got to say, it was like being like in a wrestling version of a kitchen sink drama. <laughs> and I love kitchen sink drama. So, absolutely fine by me. Yeah, that was it, wasn't it? It was, it was kind of like, I, I arrived a bit after you guys, and yet I walked into the, the Pat Patterson, Dave Meltzer, awkward thing going on. But that was, my first impression was, okay, yeah, it's a bit quiet, but how weird is it that I'm just standing here and I'm making eye contact with Jeff Jarrett? Every time he walked past me, I kind of, <laughs> I kept looking at him. You know, like you do when you walk past somebody you know on the street. And I always wanted to nod at him because I recognized him. And every time he walked past, I kept doing the same thing. And he must have just been looking at me like, who are you? You're weirdo. But that kind of, that weirdness of him being there, Colt Cabana just sat off selling merch. Uh, Ed Nold home of uh, Impact kind of wandering around. It was just... It was surreal, wasn't it, being in that... It almost feels like it didn't really happen, us being trapped for... for well, not trapped, but there for a weekend, you guys, uh, some of my mates from Liverpool, all kinds of, you know, people, our mutual friends there, different podcasters we bumped into. It was such a strange existence, wasn't it, over the two days to, to be part of? 
yeah, it. I, I kind of felt like thinking back on it. I mean, I had an absolutely cracking time there, but it was like it, there was this convention that was kind of set up for us. Mm. But because it wasn't that busy, you just kind of milled around mm. and you're just taking in like the weirdness, like going into the toilet and then, you know, a couple of urinals down, there's Flamita <laughs> in, of, full, in full gear. One of the LAX blokes came into the toilet while I was cleaning my teeth on the Sunday <laughs> and looked at <laughs> completely confused as to why i was cleaning my teeth in a public place uh, yeah that was interesting yeah it was it was absolutely wild mm. it did it feels like a really surreal dream at times mm. um particularly you know like you say with with jeff jarrett as well who's got an amazing tan on him and he's the greatest nwa champion of all time i'll have you know <laughs> yeah he talked his way in didn't he? he wasn't even announced until late on i think Obviously, X-Pac cancelled, didn't he? But, yeah, turns up everywhere, Jeff, doesn't he? He can't, uh, can't help himself. Uh, you guys got a picture with him. It showed up on the, the Indie oh. Corner Twitter. Was, uh, I'm sure oh. that was a big moment for you, JP. Oh, what a picture that was. I, I saw I saw, yeah. and I was said to JP, there's your, there's your man, JP, a big TNA fan over the years, eh? <laughs> Love oh. Jeff Jarrett's, uh, what was it, like, siren music that would uh, kill My me. My world. Yeah, I had that on mute most of the time when he come out. <laughs> Love those guitar shot endings with those screwy finishes at the end of every TNA paper. Everyone. God yeah. knows how long. Loved it when he uh, hooked Good up with Kurt years. Angle's wife as well, eh? <laughs> What 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 a wrestler! What a talent! What a WCW champion as well! I don't know what Vince McMahon was doing, not pushing Jeff Jarrett in '99. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, well, I, oh, Do you know what I was weirded out by? Because I thought, hasn't he got a lawsuit up against Impact Wrestling? That was and very awkward. Yeah, yeah during the Imp- there are stalls mm. just across from each other mm. in the same place. <laughs> yeah, there was a point where he was. I, you guys didn't make it to the Impact show on day two, but he was in. The the room watching the show and it was just so Amazing. weird that like, he's there like i said ed nordholm who's like the president or whatever of fight network who's the man who, who jarrett's kind of butting heads with and, and suing at the moment wandering around there was a point where i was at the the little cafe bit that they've got it's like a a jerk chicken kind of shack is the idea although it doesn't look very Caribbean to me. Uh, it just looks more like a school canteen. But I was stood behind Jeff Jarrett, and he was getting himself a cup of coffee, and he was just on his phone. And I remember thinking to myself, "I wonder he could be texting. He could be texting, setting this lawsuit up. He could be up to all. How surreal is this?" And I'm stood behind Jeff Jarrett. Um, he was taking a while on his phone as well. So the girl, I wanted the coffee as well, and the girl gave me Jeff Jarrett's cup of coffee. I was very proud of that. <laughs> then I got that. Was, it's kind of a moment that I'll be telling my kids about in future. But it was just kind of surreal yeah just him kind of wandering around in that same building as the impact guys and yeah just uh coexisting kind of summed up uh, a lot of what the what the weekend was yeah really uh, was that the only place you could get food in there as well uh yeah i think it was that was a problem because we all nipped yeah. off on. i mean you should get into like the setup and the location but yeah there was only that was the the one place where you could get food and you couldn't really sustain yourself over two days for that. We all, you guys went to Trafford Centre, didn't you? And me and my yep. mate Cole tried to follow you and then Cole lost his car in the car park at the Trafford Centre. It's a big place. Uh, I'll forgive him for that. <laughs> but we kind of escaped for a, for a couple of hours to do that because you needed that, didn't you? And that's a big problem with 
again, it being such an, an isolated yeah. place that, yeah, there isn't really any way you can just wander off, is there? And, uh, and you know, take a couple of hours and, and go for something to eat there. The, the kind of things that, that it's missing um, here. Yeah, that's really, I think that's kind of a lot, the crux of the problem. Mm. Um, the kind of stuff they, a lot of the stuff they had on there, and, and there were things that, the things that we saw were the things that, if you were a hardcore re- a wrestling fan, you'd be really into. But there was lots of stuff that was kind of aimed really at the casual fan mm. as well. Was there though? That's, no... that's my question though, was there? Was there anything for the casual fans? I mean, well, really only, actually, really only the World of the Sport. The World of Sport panel, which I saw yeah. two people go up to to get signatures, and I was sitting around while they were there for a good half hour, 45 minutes. God, it looked, I'm going to use that term again, bleak. Mm. Yeah. It really did. Yeah, it was, it was kind of was... missing that, wasn't it? I thought, like, something that could could get maybe... It, I mean, this is a wrestling media con, so I guess that's the branding and the going for the for the Dave mm. Meltzer fans and the and that kind of an audience. But it did feel like a bit of an opportunity missed that there weren't more families there, or it didn't feel like there were many. There was much there to to grab a casual fan, unless you're a you're a big Jeff Jarrett fan of old. <laughs> you need you need the Hulkster there for a Q and A. That's it, and an autograph signing. That's a way. Oh yeah. <laughs> Would have been worth it though. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh, if imagine we... if we saw Hulk Hogan walking around a weekend as Jesus. well. <laughs> God knows what he would have been putting into his phone. I'd have been asking him for a selfie as well. <laughs> <laughs> so he would he would have been worth it, wouldn't it? Because that that was the other thing as well, wasn't it? That it was yeah. you had to buy these slams tokens. That was the idea for for getting autographs or photos with guys. Yeah. Apparently, um, <laughs> I don't think did any of us pay for a. Fo- I mean, pay for a photo at no. any point, <laughs> or or our mates who paid. I mean, we should say, you know, although we got on on the media pass, uh, the people we were with, you know, they, they paid for tickets to the Rev Pro show and you know paid paid some money to put some money down to get there but there wasn't like mm. but it was like even though you if you were a general person going in and you were paying 25 pound to get just to get in the building for one day or 40 pound for a weekend ticket you'd be spending a lot of money on those slammers tokens to get photos with wrestlers but then most of the people who were there unless they were i think great o'calm was a bit of a make call tried to get a picture with him and he wanted to charge him a tenner but generally most of the people wandered around were quite happy to take freebie photos photos weren't they the great O'Calm was charging a tenner. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Carl said to him, buy a tenner. He, again, at the Jake really? G- G- chicken stand, he said, can I have a photo? And he said, £10. What the fuck? <laughs> JP's got a couple of cracking selfies of the great O'Calm oh, uh... that were free of charge. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's become a cheat. He's got arrogant, and he's gone to his head, old O'Calm. <laughs> I reckon Kitamura's been in his case. <laughs> but That's the problem. <laughs> but that was the idea, though, wasn't it? The idea was that you were supposed to pay entry and pay yeah. for the show separately and pay yeah. for your photos and, and autographs with the wrestlers and just yeah it just adds up um are you really going to spend all, all that money on, on slams tokens when you've you've already paid so much to get in and you see people taking freebie photos and the security was very lax i mean i've got to be honest that day one when i first walked in you could have walked in off the street and no one would have stopped you uh, and there were a few events throughout the weekend where I think people had paid extra for certain things like the, the Hall of Fame or paid extra for, I think, the after party. Uh, and you could just walk in. No one was stopping you. There was no security yeah. there whatsoever. You'd How? feel a bit ripped off, wouldn't you, if you if you were someone who'd, who'd come and spent all that money? Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel kind of sorry for anyone that did because the Hall of Fame, they were just ushering people to go and sit down to fill up places, weren't they? Mm. And like you said, my brother spent a bit of money. Yeah, he paid for the Rev Pro show, Mm. um, but he ended up going to the Hall of Fame because they just said, I say Hall of Fame. What the fuck was that? I enjoyed that. That was a highlight of the weekend for me. I enjoyed it, but come on. Like, Hall of Fame. <laughs> you got to start like, somewhere. To me, it kind of exposed what, what a load of rubbish Hall of Fames are in many ways. Like, I don't know. We want an event where we get some speeches, so we're just going to create the British Wrestling MediaCon Hall of Fame. Like, what's that? Like, what? what, what why is Dave Meltzer in the British Wrestling Media on Hall of Fame? I love Dave, don't get me wrong, but doesn't really know his stuff about British wrestling, does he? So, Well, I think it was just no, a media Hall of Fame, though, isn't it? A media Hall of Fame, because that's why Colt Cabana was in there mm. as well. Okay, okay. But still, the Hall of Fame, uh, yeah, Meltzer's speech was cracking, got to say. Colt Cabana did a good job. Mm. The whole thing I found quite entertaining. I loved it. I thought that was... I, to be honest, I've got to be honest, like, I... You know, we're on the point of us walking in for free for that, and we did. Um, not just us with media passes, anyone really. If you just stuck around, you got to be to watch the Hall of Fame. But I, yeah, I, I would say, you know, I wouldn't undersell. I thought Meltzer's speech was really good in talking all in and oh. not having come to the UK for wrestling before, and talking about Brian Alvarez and and what he's meant to him and stuff. And yeah, I, I did genuinely think that was a. I mean, it it was a little bit. It felt a little bit silly, you know, the, how many people do you think were left at that point? Like a, a couple hundred? Was it that, even that? Um, all kind of crammed into that. one end of the hall to, to take in this Hall of Fame. Uh, it was a bit surreal, and yeah, I suppose what is a, a wrestling media con Hall of Fame, but if you've got to start somewhere, you start with Big Dave, I think that, that makes sense to me. It's, it's you know, having, you know, giving Dave Meltzer credit, and Colt Cabana and Martin Goldsmith and Finn Martin as well, which I thought was a really nice touch as as a as a power slam oh. reader for for a long long time. Yeah, and I think it was really important to almost everyone who who got into wrestling oh, around I a, said a particular point. You know, time. you bought him a beer, didn't you, JP? Uh, Finn Martin. Yeah, yeah I kind of managed to collar him and just say pretty much that yeah, he's someone who. You say it's a, a UK Hall of Fame. He's someone who I don't think many of... There's a lot of people from that generation who became more hardcore as fans. Before we all knew what The Observer was, we were bowing power yeah. magazine, weren't we? Uh, he's an important yeah. figure. And he really is. And, and seeing them get credit um, is a really good thing and a really nice thing. I just wish it had been a, a, a better and a more grander stage. Mm. And I felt that way about, about a kind of few things. It would have been nicer to kind of... I'm not like... The idea of Hall of Fames and award ceremonies in, ger- in general, I'm not really a particular big fan of. Mm. But the idea of having sort of like, not a tribute to, but just something that's kind of acknowledging, here's this person who's done all of these things and, and allowing them to have a speech, I think it's generally a nice thing. It felt a bit weirdly overblown, especially seeing Dave Meltzer being led to the stage <laughs> by like a model in a in, in a sort of, in an evening dress walking down it was it was kind of odd yeah yeah quite a revealing evening dress as well yeah. i felt he looked a bit uncomfortable and that's you know what that made it funnier in a weird way because it was just so surreal like it just wasn't it was one of those like you know like the hall of fame where like the bellas would bring i don't know someone out jake roberts let's say it was like they were trying to go for that, but it just looked so cringe in a industrial estate building in Manchester. 
Um, yeah, it was just very odd. I think one of the things as well with this is they were obviously in some way trying to go for like the WrestleCon sort of model. But they do have a WrestleMania weekend where people are willing to spend lots of money and they go there with that in mind. And I think they just assumed that was going to happen here, but they didn't have a lot of value to spend their money on. Whereas WrestleCon, everyone is there. But WrestleCon also has a massive event attached to the weekend in WrestleMania, so as people are in yeah. town. And they have a series of like kind of quite hot promotions mm. doing stuff over the WrestleCon uh, weekend as well. Whereas this didn't have a massively hot show going on as part of it. I think you needed that bigger show. You needed that bigger attraction. Like the J cup was good and all. I'm sure impact was good. I had Mm. to leave by that point, but it's not going to like a huge show by any means. Like Mm. it almost needs, and I know this is completely out of the question, what with their political position at the moment in the rest of the landscape, but it almost needed to be part of say progress. Wembley, a show that you're going to get thousands of people at, and then maybe you have like a bit of a celebration of wrestling the day before. Mm. So you could run a WrestleCon event in one of the convention centers in Wembley yeah. Arena, maybe, with some smaller wrestling shows going on. So maybe like, say... Tetsujin. Yeah, Tetsujin or Attack do something maybe there. I know they've taken mm. over the Dome shows now. Or you've got one of the small... You've got like the, some of the younger trainee guys that Progress used to use on the Dome shows as well, doing a show. And then you've got this going on, on around that as well. I think that would have attracted a lot more people because mm. people would be coming in for a show of that stature. And it might have even boosted attendance for the show because it would be more of an event rather than just a one-off. Mm. Whereas this was not these were not the shows on this to attract people to come and do all the media stuff as well. So I think if they were to do it again, they'd need something grander to base it around, if anything. Yeah, it was kind of like the the wrestling shows. I mean, Impact felt like the biggest of the weekend. It was definitely the busiest Mm. the wrestling room got, and we'll talk about those shows uh, in a little while. But yeah, I I, I do get your point, because it did feel like there just weren't that many people in there for a start. We're talking hundreds, not thousands and it was like there'd be a live show on and then that'd finish and then pretty much everyone had trundle into the, the little wrestling hall. And that's when you'd see really how many people really there were there because it did feel like, to me, what, 500, 600? Um, I don't think I'd go higher than that. Because then when that was happening, when those wrestling shows were going on, the main hall was just completely dead, wasn't it? Uh, and that, to me, kind of just made it clear, you know, that there was just it was just, yeah, there wasn't a... There was things going on, but not a huge amount of things going on, and there wasn't that that big attraction or kind of maybe the the variance that I that I expected the that would draw a lot of people in. I kind of I suppose maybe I was unrealistic going in, but get turning up there and there just being the one main room with a couple of merch stalls about, but one stage and then a separate room with just a ring in it. It just didn't feel big time in any way it didn't feel like what i imagine yeah a, a, you know a wrestling con to be uh, and again you know it's obviously expensive isn't it if you're going to do it in the uk you can only fly over so many people um and there isn't really like you say joe you mentioned progress there isn't really that tent pole event to to do it alongside really um so if you're going to try and do it on its own i, I kind of get trying to you know not spending 
billions of pounds on on flying people over but it did feel like it was missing something um it, it did feel like just from speaking to you know to my mates who were there who've been to comic cons and stuff it just felt like it didn't even feel like a to them they were saying not you know, a lower end comic con would have more going on than this and it would have more to maybe uh, attract people in yeah there was there was stuff that started off happening though like there was stuff with video games going on and i thought that would be a bigger part of the whole thing and then that had disappeared by basically it seemed like saturday afternoon mm. that wasn't there there were lots of stalls where there wasn't people necessarily buy there was you know packages and, and general merch but there wasn't that kind of there was nothing exciting Mm. That no, sounds there was bad. no draw, was there, in the yeah. room? Really, like you had the the thing is with the talks and where the stage was set up for the um, like Meltzer stuff and the Pat Patterson stuff and Wrestle Talk versus Cultaholic. I know JP's got he missed that one. Um, um, but what was I saying? Yeah, the area it was in it just felt very empty. Yes. and I think if it was that bit was away in a slightly smaller room. Mm it was still less awkward yeah. because it, all of the talks felt quite awkward on that stage because they were part of this huge room where there was only a little seating area yeah. and it all just felt very distracting and sort of disjointed. It didn't feel like there was a great deal of kind of thought or organisation that had gone into that layout mm. and what would work best. And there felt like there was a lot of empty space. Like, to be honest, my eyes were glued for most of the time, and I'm going to go back to the bloke on Jeff Jarrett's global uh, global force wrestling. Is it global force wrestling? Yeah, yeah. That's it. stool, which uh, I found fascinating. It was a little stool and with him and a guitar, basically that he was selling that had been signed. But mm. I can't even remember any of the other stools that were set up. They were that kind of insignificant in many ways. Yeah, the stuff on your way in was kind of like wrestle travel and. Things of that nature What's that, that just yeah, it's like a travel company who put on you know. Yeah. I think they they sponsored it all in yeah, but it's not like it's again. Oh. They'll do it for you. You weren't really visiting those those tables, were you? There was it didn't really. I know you know throughout the the second day they they a lot of the the new Japan guys at Rev Pro were set up opposite to where the Impact guys were, and there was more of that kind of stuff going on. But yeah, there wasn't really a. There wasn't much uh, in that main. Once you were in there, and then you can't. You've seen it all. There was a lot of dead time, wasn't there? Where it was like, oh, what do we yeah. do now? Where, where do we go? And you shouldn't really feel like that, should you? I just think, like, like Joe said there, if there were smaller rooms or it was partitioned off, or there was somewhere else you could, like, all in. I heard about like they having the the podcast alley, <coughs> like the long corridor. There was many, you know, smaller podcasts doing stuff. There was smaller tables that you could maybe stop at and go to and leave the, you know, the main area and move from room to room. And there just wasn't really that, was that? It was just the case of you got there and then it was, yeah, that this is all this is all that's going on. Uh, and there'll either be a wrestling show going on or there'll be some kind of talking show going on. And like Joe said, yeah, maybe not Jeff Jarrett, but I, I was just kind of enjoying watching Big Dave Meltzer wandering around and just the, the, the surreal nature of being in the room with Dave Meltzer and his green hoodie and his jeans just was... More of, uh, I don't know, more of an attraction to me than a lot of what was going on in that main room uh, half of the time. Uh, I don't know if, if any of you paid attention to the band or, or any of the panels. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that was <laughs> pointless. <laughs> Playing wrestling played, games. Um, <laughs> they played Sexy Boy when Pat Patterson came out. And Dave that. Meltzer, I think it was when he they came out. They played Sexy Boy I for Meltzer. Oh, okay. <laughs> in his sectionary trainers. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there was there was a ring that was set up. Mm. That was uh, they did have a a lot of the room was partitioned off. Mm. But I would like you say, Benno, it would have made a lot more sense just to be able to say part partition off where the stage was and have a few rows of seating just to make it look like it was busier. Mm. Because they had that hard cam set up, which was obviously streaming live on Fight. I'd be fascinated to know how it looked on Fight. Mm. How, how yeah. it was watching. Yeah, like, I wonder what those numbers are. Maybe the Hall of Fame would have done all right because people want to see Meltzer go in. But and by all right, I don't think I mean more than a hundred. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. What, what, I mean, maybe if you're really into you know, some of those, some of the stuff that was streaming, you you might spend the money or you might spend your fight bucks. But to be honest, a lot of the time when the live shows were going on, people were kind of just wandering about doing their own thing anyway and not hugely paying attention. You know, things like that. Like that Botchamania panel, that I think that that was a uh, the certain people who come to a live show to to see Botchamania, to see Matthew, or to see the the cultaholic wrestle talk stuff. Um, but it, the sound wasn't great either, was it? So unless you were right close up, you couldn't really, you know, pay too much mind to that stuff. Yeah, but we got there as the Melter Pat Patterson thing was starting. I was like, oh, that'd be cool, like Pat Patterson, a lot of stories to sell. <clears throat> we left it just felt so awkward mm. couldn't hear him well you, i could hear him but it was just awkward there was so much going on in the room mm. and it, there was so much distracting stuff going on around mm. so it felt like those on stage were distracted by everything else that was going on in the room as well mm. they didn't feel like there was it was a talk that was you know this is where this talk's going on this is the area for it. There's, you know, you're not going to get distracted. Your mind's not going to come off it. And it was harder to interact with the crowd in mm. that setting because of it. Last year, I went to a, I went to some free talk with uh, Tony Adams, uh, one of the JP's Arsenal heroes. That <laughs> was great because it was in front of about 50, 100 people. And you could interact with the crowd. You could ask him questions. And it was in a nice, confined sort of conference room mm. where you could hear everything. And this wasn't that like pat patterson started going to the crowd for questions couldn't hear a word anyone in the crowd was saying because there was so much noise around and the ceilings were so high just couldn't mm. hear anything um it's, it's weird because i don't want to write this wrestle wrestling media con off mm. but i wonder whether they should maybe if they run it again look for a slightly bigger show or look to maybe get some promotions together maybe ask i don't know wxw if they want to do something with rev pro and ott and maybe run some sort of big joint show or something yeah. like a, a european wrestling supercard and maybe promote it as part of that potentially i think mm. there's so much more potential for it to succeed as a part of a major show but it's knowing what that major show would be mm. i think it's kind of they put a lot of reliance on you know the wrestle talk and cultaholic do big numbers on youtube you know we're talking yeah. hundreds of times what a, a podcast like ours will do and the people are out there but i think we found out that do those people are those people going to come and travel to to see those kinds of live shows and i'm not convinced that they did um there was probably a thought as well that you know people are going to want to come out to see melter's live show I was, I was happy on the sunday that got moved from being head-to-head with impact so at least I got to to catch a bit of that the uh, the inside the rope stuff. Uh, I thought that was good, and I did think you know WrestleTalk versus Cultaholic, versus Cultaholic had a decent crowd as opposed to what some of the other panels did. Um, and Art of Wrestling mm. did all right on on day two as well. Um, but yeah, I think maybe there was a I don't know a overconfidence in in what you know youtube stars are going to draw or what a a live podcast with with Colt Cabana is is reasonably gonna draw at this point 
It's an interesting you mentioned about YouTube because I think back to the sort of Logan Ball versus KSI stuff, mm. which I mean obviously had been built up in a way in the was it seven hundred eighty four thousand um, uh, YouTube pay per view buys, mm. whatever people paid for it, like ten dollars. But that's something that was getting a lot of hype for a long time throughout YouTube. And I have to say, with this, I wondered where was it being marketed. Where was there a lot of information sort of in as soon as it was being announced? It's the kind of thing as well I think you would need to have TV adverts on, um, like, say, for a, a, like during a world of sport or trying to get some sort of ma- mainstream press attention. And but what would you that's advertise? That's my question. I mean, that's it. Yeah, it comes back to that. Where's the hook? Yeah, it's like um, a niche and a niche and a niche and a niche. Yeah. This isn't it? Yeah, and if you have it in the middle of nowhere, you can't even get the footfall. Mm. Which you know, you have it in the centre of Manchester. You 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 might have got people just wandering in, but we'll. So there's a lot of ways that they're going to have to go back and fix it if this can happen again. Because there, I'd like to think there is the potential for it, mm. but in somewhat and it's and it's an easy thing to do to kind of you know you see shows where there's as much of a sort of electric atmosphere at them, mm. and that's it's more disappointing than anything to kind of be like snarky about. In a way, it's kind of like I'd like it to work, mm. but these you can't go half assed on it. You've kind of got to go, pardon the pun, all in, mm. and you've got to get yourself like a good venue mm. in a major metropolitan location with a big show around it yeah. and big stars, and that costs a hell of a lot. It's interesting as well because I'm going to go out to progress, even like super strong style. You've got Ali Pali and you've got the room next yes. to the venue that the rest is in at Ali Pali, which is also really big, which had like food trucks and some of the rest is in last time. This would have fit into that room at Ali Pali next to the wrestling venue really easily. Yeah. And it's just one door through. But I think, like I said, because of progress is political position. It's a closed shop, so it's not going to happen there either, unfortunately. So it's. What we find that's a big enough event, maybe if New Japan Rev Pro promotes some other shows, but I'd wonder whether they'd be hesitant to do this after being part of this weekend and it being a bit drab, let's yeah. say. So, yeah, we'll see where this goes, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. Any panels you guys are disappointed that you missed at all? Just out of interest? Yeah, I kind of saw everything I wanted to see, really. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like I saw... Of the panels and the, the stage show, show type stuff, the Hall of Fame was probably my, my highlight and I was glad I got to, to see all of that. Whereas, yeah, the rest of it, uh, the ITV World of Sport panel, I didn't see that and, yeah, uh, didn't see, it seem like there was much news coming out of that either. No, no big detail on season two. Maybe the... Uh, I saw about two minutes of it and it was like, it's doing great. Mm. It was being reported that, I mean, Dave Meltzer said something about that he, the impression he'd been given, which... I think, well, obviously that'd be the case that yeah, there was going to be a season there, yeah, two. Yeah. If that's a season two on ITV, I'd, you know, would it be something down that's in ITV two, ITV four? Mm. Uh, who knows? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I could see the Sunday morning slot becoming mm. maybe a thing that they've been using for the repeat viewings. I think that's a more suitable slot for it, if anything. The one that I would like to have maybe seen was that. Um, what was it like? The one about British the wrestling? Rise, they the did. Rise, yeah, rise. yeah, yeah. With, the yeah, and, that, with Andy that, Quilden and uh, Andy Boy Simmons on, they weren't. I don't think they were part of the the original lineup. Were they for that? Um, I was surprised when I saw no, them on stage. Were, 
they were drafted in, I think, weren't they? Mm. According to his podcast of a last minute. Whereas if I knew those guys were doing it, I love their podcast. Mm. It's my favorite, probably my favorite wrestling podcast at the moment. I probably would have watched that one, mm. but uh, missed that one, unfortunately. But some of the others, like, I don't know. I can't say I'm gutted that I missed the wrestling cosplay awards <laughs> or whatever it was. Hey, and- that guy dressed as Undertaker did look good. <laughs> he did. Of, of all of the, There was a good Bubba Ray Dudley as well. He did two different eras of Bubba Ray Dudley, <laughs> which was not impressive no, no. on on different days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will uh, like of, of one of the things of the after show party. Oh god, yeah, oh, we should talk about that. That was the highlight of the weekend. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I have to let you take. You have to explain the scenario, Benno. Well, but we kind um, of it was. We got our we got our Mark picture with Melter, uh, the one with the with those guys and your brother Joe. Uh, that that was fun. We got that and had a very very quick tap chat with with Dave, didn't we? At the end of uh, day one, uh, he looked absolutely exhausted all weekend. It felt like he was fill- obviously filling in on the Pat Patterson thing, doing podcasts backstage. He didn't stop moving, did he? So he was a hard man to grab. So I was glad we did that. But yeah, after that they had the the after party, didn't they? Upstairs in the Star Wars cantina. Uh, the, oh, which yes. was the which doubled as the media center in the in the daytime. Um, it was a scene, wasn't it? It was a party. If I've ever been to a party, like a festival of uh, or a fiesta of wrestling, if anything. Like man, the amount of shit clubs I've been to in my life. And been like, oh man, I wish like Batista's music would just hit right now, and I could do some animal poses. And there was Batista's music right then and there. Like the amount of Sean Paul I've listened to in clubs over the years, when I could have been listening to Saliva's Batista music, it was all I'd ever wanted in a nightclub. I gotta say, <laughs> it was weird, wasn't it? It was kind of just a load of wrestling fans in black t-shirts, a uh, couple of. You know, media people around, the people running the event around, Alex Shane uh, hanging about, and then the likes of Doug Williams coming up to the after party with like a he came up like with like a bevy of women. He looked like uh, like Stephen <laughs> French that one time I thought saw him in Liverpool City Centre with a girl on each arm. That's what that's what Doug looked like. Uh, walking, what a comparison that is! <laughs> walking up to the, to the party room, it was so surreal, wasn't it? To to be there, it was. It, I mean, it was literally just the people who'd stuck around from the car. And imagine if you were somebody who walked off the street and walked into that. It was just, yeah, it was something else. Yeah, uh, my mate Matty doing uh, all of the, the, the Roman Reigns moves and all of the... the re- that was the other problem. It's kind of like when you get a drunk load of wrestling fans in a room and you're playing wrestling themes, the next obvious thing that's going to happen is people are going to start trying to pick each other up and do Stone Cold Stunners and Rock Bottoms. Those uh, those bouncers <laughs> did not look happy up in the, uh, the start. Was Cantina. God, they didn't break a smile once at the old night. Just stern frowns upon their face, which I say was part of the entertainment at all. It really was. Watching a watching a bouncer in all black with a bold head, bit of a Steve Linsky lookalike, I suppose. Yeah. Sort of leaned against a bar, watching drunk wrestling fans just completely disapproving. That that yeah, you, you can't you can't write this stuff and. <laughs> Watching Doug Williams stroll past like he was Ric Flair in 86 as well. <laughs> and watching your mate have a word with Doug Williams about his impression of Ric Flair in 86 was was just great. Doug Williams took that well as well. Man's got a sense of humour. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. It was just a, a really su- surreal scene. I think that's hopefully that's coming across the fact that you know while we obviously have issues with the the con itself and the, the kind of the way it all it turned out on the mm. days 
that after party just sums up the, the kind of the weekend for me is the fact that we still we had a, a fantastic time and we couldn't have without without this uh, this con taking place. It's just hopefully they can you know sort out some of those uh, those issues uh, for year two. I suppose then we should uh, talk about the wrestling shows for, from the couple of days because they were definitely a highlight as well. I don't want to see them get lost in the in the discussion. Um, RevPro is kind of the main. Um, maybe attraction i think impact having their first shows in the in the uk was definitely a big deal for people but rev pro having the the two jacob days over the the two days uh we were all there for their shows i think at one point you guys were thinking of just traveling down weren't you just to to get to see the rev pro shows and mm. it was all a bit weird wasn't it it was kind of i'd say 400 people maybe for day one uh, not yeah. the big northern show you'd want you'd think rev pro would want with the with the jacob it was very much a con show the fact that there was you know things going on outside and people were wandering in and out and maybe not everyone there had bought a ticket specifically for rev pro it felt like a a very tired crowd across the two days i mean there were solid matches um maybe day one was a little bit more lively than day two but for me Nothing hugely stood out, and yeah, I think if if we if you did just make the trip for the for the Rev Pro shows, I'd say they were solid, but maybe didn't live up to maybe the expectation that that you might have had coming in. Yeah, I thought the card was too long. Um, it wasn't a wasn't a bad show by any means. It was just a fine show, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, I thought it started quite well with the Liger Kyle Fletcher match. I thought that was actually a really fun match. Mm. Just kind of ended out of nowhere, which was fine because it was nice to see Kyle Fletcher being put over by Liger. But it would have also been nice to have seen Liger go that little bit further in the tournament. Maybe see Fletcher defeat him later on, I thought. Um, Bandido and Phantasma, I thought had some real chemistry. I thought there was a bit of drama in that match as well. They built that quite nicely. Then a lot of the other singles matches in the J-Cup felt a little bit samey. And it didn't feel like anything... I don't know, there was nothing that really stood out. And like I'm looking over the matches now, and there are matches that I genuinely can't remember. Like I can't remember Kushida versus Chris Ridgway. I can't really remember Rich Swan and Flamita either. So I'm sort of thinking it sort of shows how many matches I saw Mm. over that weekend in singles matches that were kind of similar to one another if I can't remember the matches i suppose mm. yeah they did kind of all bleed into each other a little bit it's very much the lots of similar style matches it's kind of like i think the matches that are the most fuzzy in my brain a lot of the rapongi 3k stuff uh rocky romero mm. someone who i like but i don't know i didn't really need to see him wrestle that many times over a weekend and i definitely didn't need to hear that rapongi 3k theme that oh, many times over a weekend it's been stuck in my head since <laughs> yeah he was kind of just having really long rocky romero matches again in front of a tired con crowd who, who didn't need it and i kind of thought going in that having a big tournament made sense as kind of a, a spot show and something that slotted in nicely to to build around for the weekend but in the end i don't think it really it worked for for the crowd and uh, and the setting i don't know if your uh, thoughts vary at all jp um it's an interesting one for this because in some ways you know we we talked earlier on about MediaCon and about having that big hook and i imagine if there'd been the likes of a Will Ospreay on there, mm. whether or not you, you know, a couple of, of the other kind of real established Rev Pro New Japan talent, it, the, it, 
just didn't have I, I completely agree with you guys just the variance in the matches was the, th- the thing that was lacking most of all I felt like someone like Dean Allmark stood out a lot more just because he was working a lot of the time a very different style to everybody else and felt like a nice refreshing break from I don't Yo versus Taguchi mm. where it was just like oh okay I'm not quite sure what's happening here um it should have been it, it feels like in terms of the substance of where it goes going forward mm. i think phantasmo stars is some is a direction that they're still going to be going in any way from the york hall shows so i think it might serve the purpose for that in the longer longer term in terms of the story but as a two day tournament it didn't have like when when we went down to see it in um in walthamstow last year it didn't have the kind of buzz that they had in that room at that particular point. Yeah, in time. had a bit more star power, I think. Real yeah, star you having power. Will and Marty there gave it that mm. star power. You think about epic that final mm. was as well. With I mean, Marty was trying to get that move that he then sort of stopped doing over. It was almost like a sort of package suplex mm. driver type thing. I remember, and the Liger moment was really good. There was real drama with the Liger moment. Mm. Do you think about the way it was built last year around Bodum as well, yeah. losing to Liger so quickly, then Bodum getting involved at the end. I thought it was lacking that hook and that kind of dramatic tension this year, if anything. Um, just to say, I did make a mistake. Liger beat Kyle Fletcher, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I got, yeah, I got yeah. that wrong. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that wrong. And it was Kyle Fletcher I was gutted to see go out. Because yeah. I got why he did, because they wanted to do that tag match the next day. Mm. But I think he's someone that people are so into that they'd have been willing mm. in the tournament if he was still in there. But then I suppose you can argue that he might have gone the way of Phantasmo as well as kind of the biggest baby face yeah. in the tournament. Yeah. It's a tough. It's kind of the way they drew it, though, isn't it? That Liger was one who. Yeah, you know, Liger. Beating Kyle Fletcher was a bit of a shame to see Kyle Fletcher go. But then also, I mean, I get they were wanting to put El Fantasmo over and he beat Justin Liger on the way to the final. But I thought they'd take Liger to the final. They're kind of things that maybe the fact that Curtis Chapman was out maybe flipped the booking around a little bit. But their problems, if they are problems, you can get around, aren't they? Just by maybe reshuffling um, the, 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 the tournament brackets and... Yeah, I kind of like it over the two days to me felt like the most over man in the tournament and it, it did feel a shame that okay, yeah, Fantasmo got to beat him on the way to the final that he didn't get to don't know, lose his, his Jacob uh, crown in the final itself and, and go that far. Um I thought there was a couple of weird things like that in the in the booking throughout. Yeah, I think in hindsight, Liger and Fantasma would have been an amazing last two. Hmm. So I think even if Liger wouldn't have won in that last two, it still would have worked. I got why they had Rich Swan in their last with Liger. Hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry, with... Uh, with sorry, oh, God, Fantasma. I need to get to bed, don't I? <laughs> um, with Fantasmo because there's sort of kind of heat, I suppose, that hmm. comes with the territory with Rich Swan to yeah. some extent at the moment from certain sects of fans let's say um but yeah i think the drama they tried to create was around david Starr and kashida and david Starr isn't hated to the level say bodum was last year so it didn't kind of work in the same mm. way and rev pro obviously aren't running up north as much so people aren't into david Starr as a heel as they might be down south so it didn't connect in the same way it didn't create the dramatic mm. tension i think that they were maybe looking for mm. during the tournament if anything yeah i think I, that that's it yeah that lack of 
the fact that it's a con crowd and that lack of knowledge of Rev Pro Canon does hurt, didn't it? It hurt. Yeah. It kind of hurt. El Phantasmo didn't... It felt like a, a moment, but it didn't feel like a huge moment like it, it would have if it had happened, you know, in front of a regular of Pro crowd. And yeah, yeah. The, the David Starr stuff, uh, that, was, that was something where I was surprised that... Uh, Kashida went over him. Um, I kind of was worried that maybe this was just, you know, a couple of New Japan guys had lost so far and they wanted to protect Kashida. I was made up when Star did come out in the in the final and and attack Kashida. It gave them, give Star a bit of a grudge to to go forward with, and it gives Rev Pro a, another big match to deliver over Global Wars weekend. Um, but yeah, it was all stuff that kind of I think would have hit home a lot harder in front of a, a regular Rev Pro crowd, even a regular Rev Pro crowd in Manchester, maybe just a, a crowd that had specifically paid to see Rev Pro again, rather than this convention crowd. Yeah, that that's part of the issue here is, is, is that that sort of lack of heat towards the end of the, of the first round. And I think uh, as well, some of the other matches on the first day as well, that they, they weren't necessarily helped. I mean, one of the cases, it was kind of the misfortune of Jonathan Gresham getting injured. That was a great match, though, I thought. It was, it was a really good match. And just unfortunately, that ending, with, with that, yeah. you kind of knew something had happened and you took me you, out of it. You, I CCK spoke, and ring cap. Yes. Yeah, I spoke to Sorry, yeah. uh, Andy Quilden quickly afterwards and he said that Jonathan Gresham had rolled his ankle. Oh. So that's what had happened there. But because that match, for me, that was the match of the weekend, the CCK mm. versus Ring Camp match. The the segments between Gresham and Walter were absolutely outstanding, I thought. Like, mm. that's a singles match. I now want to see the little guy versus, you know, this big old Walter, seeing the little guy, you know, try and chop him down. Yeah, yeah. It was those segments were amazing. I think Gresham has really really proven himself since he's got this opportunity due to Lycos's injury and I, I like Lycos but I think Chris Brooks has found himself a bit of an upgrade with the OG of CCK <laughs> yeah definitely and I think that's kind of for me the abiding memory of kind of the weekend it was like the like you said the Jacob matches kind of bled together and it was the tag matches because they were different because they yeah. had the heavyweights in there because Walter and, and Thatcher are in there that CCK tag of of all of them, really, especially on day one, really stood out just because it was something different and it was a match worked in in a different way. Uh, and it was kind of the same for the tag matches on the second day as well. Yeah, Rev Pro generally have been uh, the tag division has been on fire this year, and I think doesn't get enough chat. Some of the sh- some of the matches on the cockpit shows with. Uh, Oh, so, sorry, some of the tag matches on the cockpit because I really do need to go to bed. I can't talk properly. They've been <laughs> outstanding this year. And again, I thought they really proved them, proved what great and unique tag matches they're able to put on with some of the tag matches they did put on this weekend. Um, I thought the Bandido and Flamita versus Aussie Open match the next day was very good as well. Took a little while to get going. But I did think that, and probably the probably the Jacob final, especially the last stretch of the Jacob final, yeah. were the strongest matches on that second day as well. Mm. And again, the Ring Camp versus LAX match I thought was solid. Like it was very enjoyable. Yeah. It, it was a match that it was a styles was clash. Wasn't it? By. it was yeah, a, a match that you wouldn't yeah. expect going in. Um, I don't think it completely worked for me. I thought there were. I think. I think it's it's interesting because you get Ring Camp. I think Walter and Tim Thatcher will work a match like that with a straight face and keep their character up despite the fact that LAX are, are, are more of a maybe a spot-based team 
Um, sometimes that doesn't work in, in the match itself, but yeah, I think that that again, that's the type of match that, that stood out over the weekend, didn't it? As a as more of a styles clash, it was kind of like yeah, the, like you said, it was a weekend of of those big tag matches. Yeah, it was. They were unique, if anything. They were, but there was an intrigue to each of the tag matches on the card over the weekend. They won me over, and they're probably the matches I was most into mm-hmm. at various points. I don't know what it was about the Jacob lineup. It's not as if it's a bad lineup, but it just felt like it was missing that bit of star power, if mm-hmm. anything. And you look. I know Rich Swan was in WWE. I know Kushida is, you know, a New Japan Junior guy, but Kushida's a little bit stale. Romero's kind of been a manager in New Japan this year as well, and he was in the final. So it didn't feel as kind of um not I'm not I don't want to say as important. Say like inspired like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the most inspiring on the kind of New Japan end of the talent to what it could be. Yeah. Now obviously yeah. there can't be any Hiromu, for example, because of the injury which is which is kind of tragic. But you know, again, you mentioned it earlier on with the Ospreys and the um, and the Marty's adding the star power to that tournament. So you got your star power in these other places. It, I think it's interesting as well, Banner. Like you say, with these tags, there's a kind of I found there to be that kind of nice political kind of intrigue in it about where certain tag teams are in the in the kind of grand scheme of things where they fit in. In terms of Rev Pro, are Ring Camp going to be coming in as a tag team? Mm. Well, they're using point. them in the Brixton show, on the Brixton show as right. well, aren't they? They're on the Brixton. Okay. I think they're facing Sonada and Evil. That's right, mm. and that's. But and then I was thinking, okay, uh, uh, that's an interesting one because normally how booking works with this in terms of New Japan talent generally going over. However, you'd like to see Ring Camp getting a chance at going for the tag belts as well. Yeah, you don't want to see Walter lose two months in a row, well, two, no. sh- two big shows in a row either, do you, to the yeah. Japan talent, I suppose. There's there's those kind of, those kind of little dynamics I found I found fascinating as well. And then seeing in the uh, the six-man tag, Dean Allmark started <laughs> pulling out some crazy stuff towards the end of that match, which I can't imagine it's the type of style he ever works, but it was like, it was bloody wild, wasn't it? He's kind of got two modes, hasn't he, Dino Mark? It's kind of like he'll work the, he works the camp shows, obviously, and he's one of the most, one of the wrestlers who works the most probably in the in, entire country. But then I think he knows where his bread is buttered when he, he works a lot of PCW and when he works their shows, he's, you know, working a more indie style and he was kind of doing that over these two days as well. Whilst I was kind of, mm. I felt a bit of pride for, for Dino Mark, just being out there, being there. He's from the Wirral, which is kind of, kind of Merseyside, but it's not quite Liverpool. But I kind of just felt like, you know, him being in there as the, as the vet and, keeping up with the with the younger talents and as you said jp and in that six man working against cck and chris ridgeway and teaming up with tiger mask and taguchi what what a team tiger mask taguchi and dean omar you wouldn't have called her in a million years but i think for me he was a highlight of the weekend just getting to see him out there keep up with these guys okay his his look isn't the greatest he does look uh he, he, he does look like a you know, maybe not like a modern indie wrestler, but it doesn't matter. He, he's a veteran and he's got his own style and he, he gets over in front of these crowds as well. Um, yeah, he's someone who I'd kind of like to see Rev Pro uh, use a bit more going forward. I'll be, with, I'll be with you on that. Just he's different and different in this day and age in wrestling is, is a good thing. If he's able to kind of work in a different way to everybody else and just 
be memorable for that for that alone is the kind of thing that's going to stick in them in minds. I mean, he'd be a good guy to see at the cockpit. You think about um, them bringing in James Mason and say a Greg Burridge for yeah. the tapings. He's kind of a similar character in a way, isn't yes. he? Yeah, but it's almost like rather than get him down from up north, <laughs> bringing a guy who's more local to York Hall. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of the geography kind of benefited the booking, I suppose, in some way. Um, I was going to ask you guys, coming out of this weekend, who do you think uh, from that lineup in the Jacob did himself favours, and who do you think has come out of this kind of less favourable, if anyone? Any thoughts on that at all? Um, I think, I mean, El Fantasmo seems the obvious place to start as someone yeah. who's, mm. who's come out well from it. Uh, I, I've got to be honest, you know, you mentioned about the matches being samey, and there was a point on day two where there was a Rich One Yo match, and then a Rocky Romero and Show match, and it was just <laughs> far too much for a Pongi 3K, and that oh, made, genuinely made me think, I don't think I want to see Show and Yo back um, yeah. anytime soon in, uh, in Rev Pro. Uh, maybe it was just a long weekend. Uh, I'm willing to give them another chance, but yeah, I thought I think El Vantasmo kind of stands out as that guy, and I think while I wouldn't say the Stockers. As lowered, so maybe it doesn't directly answer the question. I'll probably say Filmita and Bandido are people who... They had that great tag match with Aussie Open, which probably would have been better in front of a less tired crowd. Um, and they got to show all their stuff off flying all over the shop. But they didn't have that that tournament run that I kind of expected for them. Maybe it was the fact that they wanted to, to do that Aussie Open tag on the second day and was maybe expecting it to, to catch fire a bit more than it did on the day, but they were a bit of a disappointment for me. They were people I thought we'd come out of the weekend saying, you know, they had a great run in the J-Cup and I can't wait to see them do more single, single stuff in Rev Pro. But then again, if they brought them back as a tag, that wouldn't be a problem either. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Apparently, the Flamita Bandido match in Portsmouth on the Friday night was mm. different level as well mm. and got a stand innovation from... The Pompey crowd, which usually is very much a sort of locals crowd, if anything, mm. kind of a half term crowd. Mm. So apparently that's well worth checking out when it's out on the VOD. So I'll be having a look at that one. I think, yeah, I do agree with you on Flamita and Bandido as well. And Bandido, I loved coming out of that all in tag mm. match. Oh, yeah. Someone I want to see more of. I think with Phantasmo. He's an interesting one because he's really improved gradually um, since he's been over here. He's really worked on his moveset. He's really worked on how he can make his moveset stand out to get him over as well mm. and what he can do to differentiate himself with stuff like the rope walks, stuff like bouncing and springboarding off the ropes. And he really got over at that Ultringham show um, a couple of months ago, the New Japan one. So mm. I don't know if they were banking on maybe people maybe remembering him from that region, mm. from that show possibly here as well. Probably but wasn't the same like fans, he was, was he? No, not yeah. at all. But it did feel like he got over more as the week went on because mm. his offense stood out so much. Um, I think he's great, but I'm st I'm not convinced he's the finished article yet. I still think he's got a bit of a way to go. Um, Do you think it's early to put the J-Cup on him? Do you think maybe uh, they should have waited? It's a tough one because I think he's been great in Rev Pro and he's had really, really good matches at the cockpit um, for basically about a year now. 
and he's looked good every month. He's over with the kind of core Rev Pro audience as well. He's quite likable. People are into the entrance. People are into the gimmick as well. Yeah, that really fun. It was two matches he had with Zack Sabre Jr. on one cockpit show, and he beat Zack clean, got a title shot for beating him, and then Zack made him take the title match straight away. He lost. That was done really well and was probably his best match to date, I think. Mm. So I've seen really good stuff from Fantasmo, but... I just think sometimes, as good as his offense is and as much as it makes him stand out, he could be a bit more explosive with it. Um, I sometimes find the bits he does in between moves Mm. aren't hooking the crowd. They're not... They're not keeping the intensity of his matches up at times. There's maybe a little bit of a lull at various points. And that's something that, you know, you hope will come with a little bit more experience. And obviously he's over it for, you know, to build on that experience. And facial expressions for me as well just need to be that little bit stronger when he's when he's selling, maybe. There are a lot his connection with the crowd is a lot is a lot better now than when he first came, where he honestly he, he was it was like a kind of knockoff Angelico. Mm. So it's, in my initial thoughts, yeah. that's how I saw him. Yeah, same thing. It's, it was very harsh, but and I agree with a lot of the issue I've kind of had with his offense, where like that kind of dynamism isn't there, and there's the kind of there's that little bit of a build up to it happening. So it doesn't happen in that explosive way. Sometimes that's good because yes. it does build that kind of tension towards it. But it's when he hits it and what happens in the kind of mm. moments afterwards, and there's like a stand innovation. And I sometimes think there's maybe too much time. It's what he's doing in between that offense. But I did think his in the full way, especially the sequence of him and Rich Swan. Mm. Oh was yeah, really, it's good. It's like really good. It was really good, and that was kind of as as good as that was like the high point I think over the weekend for him was in that four way, mm. and how he fit in there. So, I, I, and it's an interesting one you say about about him having it. Benno, I think him winning this it works if he ends up getting the Cruiserweight title soon and having a substantial reign with it. I think, I think he will. I think he will. And I wonder whether or not he'd be someone who would we see in the in a J Cup in Japan. Mm. Um, I wonder if it's a bit too early yet. Yeah, I yes. think so. Yeah. I think all that those issues Joe mentioned there about maybe the, some of the pacing of his matches and some of the he's just like you say, he's not quite on that level yet, is he? I think that'd be I think it I think, is... I think it's a bit soon to give him the J Cup, although he's had a great year. Um, so I understand the thinking behind it, but I think it's way too soon to, to do something like that and, and send them abroad. Yeah, I suppose when you've got Liger and then Phantasmo, do you know what I mean? It's mm. kind of, I don't want to say it's a step down because it's like a step up for him and a boost to him in many ways and kind of... You're talking about star power. Yeah, yeah. it's like validation of the year he's had and all the rest of it. Mm. But yeah, he'll get there. I'm confident he'll get there because he's improved. He's improving all the time. I but, think if yeah. it was if it was happening as well, like we keep saying in front of a regular Rev Pro crowd, say the same weekend played out and a crowd got really, really behind him and it was a huge moment when he finally won this four-way and there was a bit more emotion behind it maybe because it did... Yeah. It all feel a little bit flat. We might not be having this this conversation as strong as we're having. We might have gone, you know what? Actually, it, it worked. It was the right timing. Um, you know, I'll okay. We got some misgivings about about him as maybe not being the full polished act, but it was a big enough moment that we're, it's going to stick in our brain. But the, it it was unfortunately most of the stuff over the weekend with him was 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 a bit forgettable. Do you know, I think would have helped this out as well, if I'm honest, and made the tournament a bit more dramatic. Mm. Bodum. <laughs> yeah. Where was that... he? 
I no idea. <laughs> is he a heavyweight he now? Maybe that... is that what it is? God knows. Yeah. I, who knows? But he would have brought that dickishness to this tournament mm. that people would have just bought into. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think he would have really added something. Imagine him and Phantasma was the last two. <laughs> that would have been great. People would have been baying for his blood. And maybe yeah, the old Future Shock fans from Manchester might have remembered Bowden from his uh, his days there, where he was equally hated. Maybe that could have uh, gotten him a bit more <laughs> over as well. Well, I saw T Bone on the Sunday, so perhaps <laughs> I don't know. Stay clear. That, yeah. that was a reason why. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anything else stand out from these Rough Pro shows? I mean. Great O'Connor was on the show. He beat, he beat Mark Davis, which I thought was pretty bad booking. But maybe I just think that about every. I think I've said that every time Great O'Connor goes over. So maybe that says more about me. I just maybe I just don't want to see him. Um, I actually saw him after the show when we were driving home. He was wandering the streets of uh, of of that industrial estate in Manchester, just on his own, having a walk. Nobody bothering him. Nobody trying to uh, get a photo off him for ten pounds. That was a bit weird. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I wonder he, what he was doing. Yeah, I, 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 I off to the butty barn. What <laughs> <laughs> hell is? Yeah, maybe he went for a walk to the Trafford Centre or something. Um, yeah, he's someone who's seeing him again live, and I've seen him a couple of times recently. I just, yeah, I, I just don't want to. I don't really want to see the act, and I think Mark Davis has got a hell of a lot more potential in Rev Pro than than he does. So yeah, I did. I, I didn't agree, love yeah. seeing that. Although I suppose maybe the argument would be they see Davis more as a tag wrestler. It's just that there was a load of other people who were around that weekend who could have easily just taken that slot. Mm. Whether it was people, Paul Cabana, was... former Rev Pro champion, where was he? Yeah, yeah. Who actually? That would have been a really nice dynamic between the two. That that could have been quite fun. Um, I could see him going in that direction with him though, because Gideon Gray's his manager now, isn't he? Yeah. And then there's the whole Gideon Gray Cabana feud that goes back years. So you could see them coming to that. So I wonder okay. whether that's something they've got in the back pocket. I don't know. Mm. I'm, I'm speculating. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the, the direction to go. You could have shot an angle along those lines, though, couldn't you, if that was the plan, you know? Yeah, potentially, potentially. One thing I was going to add as well mm. about why I think the crowd wasn't great throughout both shows, honestly, I think it's the lighting in the venue. Mm. Like, when we came in, the lights were up, and I felt more up for the show. Mm. As soon as they dim those lights, it puts me to sleep. Like I feel it's a very dark room. It's really dark. I feel more tired. I don't like shows that are really dark. Mm. Even when I watch shows and all you can see is the ring and you can't see the fans, I'm not I, I don't know, I don't get as into the show. When yeah. WWE used to really darken crowds and they wouldn't have, you know, great attendance for pay per views. I wouldn't be into the show as much as a result of it. New Japan, when they were at um, Budokan for the first night of G1, I know they only drew about 7,000 that night, but it was so dark in the room. And I just find dark, I don't know, sort of lighting, dim lighting, if anything, I just find it hard to embrace a show in that kind of atmosphere. And I honestly think it does not help the crowd. If you can't see one another Mm. and you can't almost get a feel for what's going on in the room... I don't know. I don't feel like it gets the crowd into the show. I, maybe that's just me, um, and I'm very picky. I don't know. But I don't know how you guys felt about that. I was hungover, so I mean, in some ways, <laughs> I was quite glad not to have bright lights on me at that point in time. Not but even bright lights, but yeah, like no, when no. we walked in, the light, you know yeah. the, how your I know hall you is lit? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just lights on. It's just easy. It, it's, I think in terms of that room, it was almost like they'd made 
the best with what they had mm. in terms of the, the situation. I looked at some of it on the Twitch feed, watching back the um, some of the Impact event, and it looked it looked okay from on that. I mean, you, you wouldn't have, you know, the room came across all right. It wasn't, you know, the the ring itself was lit up well enough. So I think that kind of worked. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we'll have to see how it comes across on the VOD. Maybe I think it'll maybe it's a it's for that. I think I'm trying to think back to Defiant the way that was lit. Where I think it was very much a similar setup. But mm. I would say, to be honest, though, I mean, you guys left after the Rev Pro show uh, that second day. You had a, a long drive home, and I, I stuck around for Impact. And I would say the Impact setup had i think the lighting was a little bit better it looked a bit more polished you'd expect it to you know impact being a a bigger company um but i think they maybe rectified some of the some of the issues that you mentioned in there with rev pro joe and maybe maybe that's a reason why with those impact shows i also also felt like the the atmosphere was it was a bit up as well it didn't feel like yeah a darkened room where everyone's trying to fall asleep it felt like a a big was an event which I couldn't really say for the the Rev Pro shows over those two days. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, shall I go into the Impact show then? Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us all about it. <laughs> Are you excited? For yeah, Impact, I, am, eh? I, I was. I was. I mean, even though we had to, a long drive back. Ah, oh, sorry, mate. It's no, my, it's absolutely my fine. But it was. It 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 did sound like a a very good show. Yeah. Well, like I say, after you guys had to. Unfortunately, leave. There was a an NWA 70th anniversary show. Doug Williams versus Nick Aldis was a match that happened. Um, that's my report. <laughs> it was a match. It happened. And wouldn't you believe it? Nick Aldis won and will now face Cody Rhodes for the NWA title in a rematch. Uh, unlucky Doug. Um, a couple of weeks out of retirement, unfortunately, not winning that match. Uh, that was going on at about the same time as. Um, the wrestle talk stuff was going on so it was a bit of a, an empty-ish room as well for the wrestling which made a, a weird atmosphere but yeah that what else was on that card that, that nw just that match that was it a one match card yep ah is that a first <laughs> i'm not sure that's what the, but it's nwa isn't there what are the other there's no other nwa contracted wrestlers are there as far as i know um so that's yeah nice. it's cody and nick oldest maybe bring still Bring, yeah, Tim Storm versus Dan Seven. That's a match yeah. they should have booked this Mate, week. Mate, Jeff Jarrett was there. <laughs> the greatest NWA champion of all time was there. I didn't use him. <laughs> they should have. They really should. But yeah, that, that wasn't a huge amount to write home about. But yeah, the Impact versus the UK. I'm not saying it's a bit you guys feel jealous, but genuinely it was a highlight of the weekend. Um, as far as in-ring shows go, and it's just as far as, like I said, atmosphere, it was definitely busier for Impact as well. I think it being the last show of the weekend and originally it was supposed to be going head to head with dave Meltzer, but yeah he didn't even st- i don't think he stuck around for the impact show i think he got off um so so they ended up moving him early and it was impact unopposed and i'd probably say there was my guess was 600 odd people there i could be way off i didn't do a head count but it was completely rammed in that room um it was the most busy it was all weekend and again the best atmosphere i think people were We've talked about impact on this show a few times, and I do think feel, people are more positive towards the brand at the moment. They've always had a base in the UK. Uh, it's a little bit sad that you know it's a it's a big impact show, and I'm talking about 600 people. Like that's impressive uh, when they were doing thousands and thousands uh, back in the day. But yeah, an, an incredible show. I mean, JP, you caught some of it, didn't you? On the on the VOD after you couldn't help yourself go go back and watch it. No, 
I, I can't. It, ha- it had Impact Wrestling and Twitch, so I was kind of all over it. Um, there's no way I wasn't missing out on that. The only thing I, I, I have to say, there's the one match I saw, which mm. is the match I heard. I, I heard about it from you when you were um, live tweeting the results for the Indie Corner at the weekend, mm. was the um, uh, Johnny and Jody versus LAX match. Oh, which, my God. Yeah. That, that, which was great. That it was, was it was. Just... A, yeah, it's 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 crazy being there and okay, yeah, this wasn't the the most successful media con, but the fact that there's yeah a wrestling media con going on in 2018 and Jody and Johnny two decades after we first genuinely two decades though almost since we first started seeing them, I think the first match was in 1999 against each other. Um, I remember seeing like the UWA TV and they were on that um, and seeing some of the matches in early FWA as well. The fact that they're still around. And the fact that they're in there with LAX and delivering matches that are high level indie, you know, current indie style. Uh, they were ahead of the time in the early 2000s when Jody was doing silly spots with Loki on Ring of Honor shows. And now they're still ahead of the time because Jody can still do that. He can still hit those big moonstalts, still hit those massive spin wheel kicks and that weird, that top rope uh, German moonsault combo they do, which is a bit of a, an ode to their past. Just absolutely nuts that, yeah, two decades later, they can get in there at an Impact show. They're still in the 30s, and they can kill it with a team like LAX. Just incredible. Did they come across in the VOD? Because for me, that was the... Although the crowd was, was very loud by the end of the night, that was the match where, where things picked up. The the crowd... I mean, actually, one of the things was the crowd wasn't as perhaps melt as well-miked as it would have been, as you would have kind of expected it to be. Mm. Um, but it did come across really well like you could tell the crowd were into it but a lot of times you could see people jumping up but you couldn't perhaps hear it as loud as what it looked like um i also thought the styles meshed well we spoke earlier Mm. on about ring camp and lax not perhaps meshing well Mm. it did here entirely Mm. and you could you could see as well after the match that there was the whole kind of like respect and stuff said but you could tell that ortiz and santana made note of it on the commentary as well which in an interesting side note was andy boy simmons and sanjay dutt Mm. Uh, as the lead commentator who were it was fine it was it was good and um they had uh yeah the, the whole kind of respect shown towards jody you could tell I ax kind of knew who they were didn't they and had that respect for them yeah, they did and it really kind of it, it's like they thought they were excited by the match they kind of went all in i just hope i mean and i saw john and jody were on the the television taping as well as i mentioned earlier I just hope there's a lot more promotions just willing, like get them in as a tag, mm-hmm. get them in as singles against like the sort of young stars of any promotion. They're, like, they're worth their weight in gold. Jody Fleisch has got bowler this weekend. Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, do you know what? I just hope he has this like kind of um, resurgence. Yeah. Real resurgence. It's weird the though. Cause Trent seven, I think is the same age or there's a year difference. Between yeah. Jody Fleisch should like Trent seven's career feels like it's like, just happening and peaking now mm. and we just sort of forget that they're not really that old but they've mm. just been around forever haven't they really yeah. mm. so a lot of guys as well they were on the last um cockpit show and there's a lot of guys that they could put them in there with at the moment and they could have some really good tag yeah. matches with i think in rev pro so yeah i look forward to see what's to come with these guys if rev pro carry on booking them as well and i see them versus aussie open in the cockpit would just be would be an absolute banger of a match 
definitely yeah they're the type of the guys who i know doug williams has got a spot on the big progress show but i would have that, that mm. thund, that tag team thunder bastard wasn't amazing anyway i'd, I'd have thrown jody and johnny in i think that'd be that would have been yeah. interested if it was at all possible but yeah it was dead cool just to get to to see them live do their thing uh, and still be able to do it um i know you didn't see uh, much else on the card jp but just yeah a couple of notes elsewhere on the card i thought that uh lana rostin who was kind of insert local talent here uh, against Su Young, really stepped up. Uh, she looked a, a bit of a... I think it's easy to get lost in a match like that, where it's very much about the impact talent, because, again, this was very much impact versus the UK. Uh, but she looked as good as I've ever seen her, um, and definitely uh, put a good uh, advert out for herself there on the card. Uh, I thought that there was a tag match with Adam Maxted and Robbie X against Jacob McCluskey and Lucas Steele. I don't know if those last two names mean much to you. They didn't mean... Yeah, Jake McCluskey, Mr. Moonsoul. <laughs> there you go, yeah. And Lucas Steele, yeah. who worked the NG- NGW show on the on day one. For a, an, a match with no impact talent in the match at all, it actually, it really got over in the building. I thought they were, they were going out there to die a death and Robbie X doing all his flying. And again, Lucas Steele and, and Jacob McCluskey both look good for the part as well. So yeah, I thought they put a, a really good account of themselves uh, over there as well. I don't know if you were particularly impressed by Lucas Steele on the bit of the NGW show we saw on day one. I've got to be honest, I thought he was a hell of a size, wasn't he? He, yeah. He's got a good look. interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's got a very good look. Very... Versus Robbie X, wasn't he? Yeah, it? Robbie X is good as well. I he think he moves good. around the ring so in a really interesting yeah. way. There's something really fluid about his movement, mm. the way he sort of just glides around the ring, if anything. Um, yeah, Lucas still looked decent for someone with his level of experience. I've got to say, he's got a thick body as well, but... Mm. The other thing I've got to say is after that match, there was the Nathan Cruz versus Adam Maxted match, wasn't there, as well yes. for NGW. i got to say, I saw both of them and thought, right, get me to five guys. I'm hungry. I want a burger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Nathan Cruz. It didn't make me want to go to the gym. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, Nathan Cruz looked good on this show. I was kind of... One thing I thought that you could have easily done on the weekend, ITV, where all the ITV guys were there doing panels... Could you not have done a live show with the ITV guys? Um, you know, yeah. I, I thought he had, there was a tag match. It was Moose and Nathan Cruz against Eddie Edwards and Justin Sizem. And Sizem and Cruz, I mean, uh, Cruz, I don't love, but I do think he looked like he belonged in this match. Again, a difficult spot for UK guys to be in there in a match with Eddie Edwards and Moose, who've got a, a feud going on in Impact right now. This was, you know, canon stuff with Eddie Edwards being turned on by Moose on, on Impact last week. Uh, but they, I think they, they played their roles really well. And again, it was another match that turned, got a tired crowd hot. I mean, I don't am I selling it to you, Joe, this, uh, this Nathan Cruz match? Does it interest you at all? Nah, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> like, I'm sure it's fine, but come on, Benno. Like, <laughs> there's so much to watch. I'll probably give that Johnny and Jody match a watch because that sounds outstanding. No, but... you should. I mean, there's there's things to skip from this Impact show. That I, I think that was a really strong semi-main event. You could skip Joe Hendry and Eli Drake. Um, Joe Hendry, who was doing everything all weekend, he was the Hall of Fame presenter. He was doing panels. He was all over the place. <laughs> And Can then I just he, came, say, he came out on this Impact show and got himself booze, which kind of said everything uh, for me. I, he is someone, right? So I was saying to this in the car on the way home. I didn't realise it was him presenting with old SoCal Val oh, wow. at the Hall of Fame thing. I was like, who's that guy who's presenting with? And JP was like, oh, it's Joe Hendry. I was like, oh, is it? I've been at, at shows before. He's been on merch tables. And I've known who, like, 
Kelly Six and Ashley Dunnar, mm. and he's got and he stood next to him. He's got a much higher profile, and I was like, "Who's that?" And JP had to tell me it was Joe Hendry. If he walked in, I'm in JP's living room right now. If he walked in here, start bollock naked, I'd have no idea it was him. He just doesn't stand out. Like there's, or nothing, why I've got him trapped in my flat. I just don't. Re- I don't ever recognise him. I don't know what it is. His face never <laughs> sticks in my head for some reason. It's, I, don't, I don't know. He's on the telly, I'm, Joe. I'm, He's on ITV World of Sport. Come on. Sings his song. Wave yeah. the hand. Yeah. No. 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 Nah, nah. <laughs> He's never. He's just someone who doesn't do a lot for me. I don't know. It just doesn't stand out for me. Seems like very much a TV wrestler. Is, is which is out. fine. Which is fine. It's just probably not for us. Yeah, I'd yeah. say. I'd say he's doing good work on Impact. As uh, as kind of he's been the foil to Grado. Um, it's a comedy story, but I think he does his job. Uh, and he get he's getting over on ITV as well. And I thought him and SoCal Val made a good award presentation couple. Maybe there's a, a oh, feature for mate. Him there. Anything SoCal Val touches for me is just cringe. She brings such that, for man. me. She brings such an artificial <laughs> element to whatever she does over here. Like, and then is there not someone else who can step into her it. role? You're yeah. in a room with JP there. I'd watch you both. Oh, yeah, he looks furious right not now. Happy, well, I'm happy. the man who had to stand on the edge of an interview that he did with her because he wouldn't—he <laughs> wouldn't let me interview her with him because he was so desperate of a chat. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> Can't argue about that. That's all staying in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of other notes uh, on the show that I wanted to make. Something you might have heard of, there was a bit of a kick-off. The opening match was Rich Swan uh, beating Matt Sardell and Trevor Lee. It was a solid X Division 3A match and a weird finish where it didn't even look like Swan was supposed to go over. It just looked a bit like, you know, an all-in in the women's match when there was the late save. It was a bit. It yeah. was one of those with Sardell, I think, being late to break it up. So it was all a bit weird. And then as Rich Swan was celebrating on the top rope, somebody from the crowd stood quite near to us, shouted, wife beater, and he completely oh. lost his mind. And, I mean, I've got uh, things to say about that. I think it's not a good look for Rich Swan to to get that angry and he was slamming guardrails and swearing up a storm at the fans. All this being, I know it's only Twitch, but it was live on Twitch. Not a good look for Rich Swan. Um, but at the same time, like, there was a whole... I mean, comment if you want or don't. I don't mind taking the heat. But there was a whole... I saw things on Twitter with people saying that, oh, there was a weird vibe when Rich Swan was in the ring. I mean, I didn't feel it. The only weird vibe for me was... Again, it's it's a diff- it's a sticky situation. But there were points where, you know, he, he's been... A, he obviously got sacked from WWE because of an incident with his wife, Sue Young. But <clears throat> there, were, there were people... St- booing him and giving him wrestling heat during his matches which for me just is a, is a weird way to to react to that if you don't want to see the man some people were walking out when he was when he was wrestling which you know i, I don't want to go too far and say you haven't got a right to do that you have but it was a bit weird to me that people were kind of making a point of storming out when his wife mm-hmm. sue young was stood there at the door and getting stormed past by these people uh, oh. walking out but yeah, the guy oh. kind of standing up and shouting wife beater. I mean, he didn't do it to Musso or Sammy Callahan. He did it to Rich Swan. I don't know. It felt to me like there's some people who can't wait to, for, for someone like a Rich Swan to come to the UK because they think, oh, this is my chance. I can I can show how woke I am. I mean, that doesn't excuse yeah. the allegations yeah. against Rich Swan. They are serious. He was fired from his job. He didn't work in wrestling for a good few months. And I do think all that stuff was right. 
Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a bit crass and a bit unnecessary to to do so to say something like that again in a room where Sue Young is is also stood and she's on record as as wanting them both to be left alone to to live the life and and you know make a make a living. Um, I don't know. It, it just felt a bit in poor taste to me. No, I completely agree with you, mate. I feel. You know what? I'll probably get shit for saying this. I do feel kind of sorry for the man. Um, there's a lot more to that story that we've ever been allowed to, but uh, has been made public. And mm. I think there's part of it is him, you know, saving face for his wife as well. I get that completely. But the people I know that I've heard more about that story from, that I'm not going to go and recommend say anything because mm. I don't want to get in trouble because it's not my place either. But I just. These are the. T- I saw a few people at the Rev Pro show walking out. They're the same group of people that have put me off going to Progress anymore. Mm. Put me off going to Fight Club Pro anymore. The Wokes are alive. They're a minority. They're a little fringe group, and they're the worst type of wrestling fans. They're overtly judgmental over the smallest thing, and they need figures like Rich Swan in order to judge and in order to justify their own existence and wokeness if anything mm. at the end of the day mate they're better than us and <laughs> we should hang our heads in shame because they're so much purer and better than us problem i have with this if i saw like three people walk out and i recognized all of them from when i previously had twitter and from seeing them at fight club pro shows and progress shows and i just thought you're pathetic like you've not thought about this incident in any great deal of depth you've not paid any attention to his wife who was stuck with him, asked people to leave them alone and asked people to just, you know, leave this now. The man has been punished enough. I'm sure these same people would be, would claim to be mental health advocates. Okay, if you're a mental health advocate, sometimes the person who is in a situation, no matter how bad it is, their mental health can be affected as well. He's had, what, six, seven, eight, nine months of punishment at this point. Has he not paid for his crime okay like is this a life sentence that he's gonna have like if you're really sort of you know leftist in your beliefs what sort of prison sentences do you believe in do you believe in these harsh punishments that right-wing justice systems throw out because what you're doing by being as woke as you are is throwing out a right-wing approach to justice to the point that you're making this man's life hard and you're also trying to win brownie points from your other woke mates it almost becomes like a popularity contest between a lot of them and a Mm. points earning thing they are the worst fans in wrestling there's a fundamental misunderstanding of wrestling in so many ways there's also a lack of understanding as to the history of this business and the terrible things that have gone on in this business i just find there's a lot of newer fans who have suddenly got into i don't know the goings on backstage or the rest of it and don't understand or get how dirty and sleazy this business has been over time do you think when they go to wwe shows they walk out during i don't know rick flair comes out for example Mm -hmm. do you think if the glass shattered and austin came out they'd all be walking out like there's the one these lot need to grow the fuck up and actually, I don't know, find something else to f- form an identity around. Because at the moment, it feels to me like their identity is, I don't know, woke-like concerns and wrestling and fitting that into wrestling. I hope this socio-political bullshit dies away in wrestling because it's the worst thing in wrestling at the moment. I hate it. Yeah. Wrestling is wrestling. Just be wrestling. It, it put a real downer on the show. And again, I mean, I'll... I, Sorry. I, no, no, I can't <laughs> no. disagree with a lot of what you said because if I take 
even if they're going to take it on face value that Rich Swan is as bad as you know he's being claimed to have been, let's say the worst version of that potential story is true about him and Su Young. Like you said, you know, for me, and this is just me personally, him getting sacked from WWE and again not working on for a, for a good period of time. I don't know. For me, I wonder whether that's you know. For me, that's enough. Um, and especially mm. with his wife Sue Young coming out, like that—that that was what was really jarring for me. And the main reason I bring it up, I didn't mean to get you get you going, Joe. But the main reason I bring it up again is the fact that she's in the building. She stood there as people are doing it, and she's on record as saying, "You know, leave us alone uh, to live our lives." Uh, it's just a. I think you've got a right to to not want to watch Rich Swan anymore, but I don't know. I think there's a there's a way of of going about it as well. Um, and yeah, there's, there I- are set narratives for all of this as well. I've seen people replying to Sue Young's tweets asking to be left alone mm. with very set narratives. They're not willing to bend mm. because if they do bend it, it goes against the agenda that mm. they are trying to push. And I think that does definitely play a part in this. I think WWE were right to sack him because yeah, what he did. Mm wasn't yeah. wasn't good yeah it wasn't good mm. but a man's been sat from his job he's lost some income he's lost you know his livelihood he took some time out of wrestling because he didn't feel like he could take bookings because of the response to him he was arrested he's got a criminal record i'm pretty sure from this as well it wasn't as if from what we know this was you know going on regularly it from what's been reported it was a one-off okay so uh, I'm not excusing it at all. I go on record and say I'm not excusing it. Mm. So please don't try and make out like I'm saying, you know, what he did was fine because it wasn't. Mm. But at the same time, think about this man. Think about this woman. They've got a life of their living together. Just let them live it. Just let them move on and live their life in peace. That's all they want. That's all they want. And, you know, he was arrested. He's got a criminal record. He wasn't ever convicted. And some that's what people don't like about it. The fact that, you know, there aren't convictions in these types of cases. But even if he was convicted, you know, it, I I always think it, think back to, you know, I don't like to go in detail to the job I do in real life. But, you know, I, I, the, the field that I work in, you know, there are people who are doing jobs, working with your kids, working with vulnerable adults who've unfortunately done much worse things than Rich Swan, and it always comes back to me to the kind of what's so special about wrestling that means he can't, at this point, earn a living for him and his wife, who again is on record. Um, what is it about wrestling that means he, he, he can't do that? Um, yeah, and I don't think there is an easy answer to it, really. Uh, but yeah, do- just a oh, go ahead, JP. I was just going to say, I mean, in, 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 and I, on the whole, generally agree with with what you've both said here. I mean, I think there's an element of where where does it end? Okay, so I mean, we've we've seen this here, but then we've all seen people walk out because of a homophobic tweet that was written five years previously. Mm. Like, there comes a point when this just then becomes a purity contest. It's about getting themselves over. That's it. It's a purity contest that no one can actually win, which is actually the most illiberal thing you could ever do. Is say that unless you you have this set of uh, unless you behave and you are this particular type of person, mm-hmm. then you are less yeah, than, than yeah, what you should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that that I hate. There is a, a punishment system for a reason. And, and these things are, as well, they're messy. It's real lives. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. There are things that we, we just don't know about. And in some ways, I, I kind of, for me as, as, as a wrestling fan, the kind of, that, that kind of, aspect of it is 
when it is in their personal lives as human beings failing in the way that human beings do. And that's, again, not a justification of, of what Rich Swan did, but the kind of instant need to, for the hot take and to, to kind of dive on something. And then that becomes the set narrative. And then when you find out other information in the other weeks, that kind of has passed by because it wasn't there in the instant hot take. Mm. And it seems to me that that's what is, that's really what's being held on to here. Um, yeah, it's a horrible situation and it should be moved on from. And, and we don't have the same job that you have, but we come across kind of situations ourselves, which there is a hell of a lot of shades of grey mm. and it's not an easy cut cut and dried situation in which to do it. I would say if you don't like Rich Swan, you don't have to watch Rich Swan. You don't have to kind of pose on the way out making a big deal out of not seeing Rich Swan. You just kind of have to make, I would say, you know, make that choice, free will for the rest of it. Mm. But then free will isn't necessarily saying, I'm going to say stuff that's going to de deliberately provoke this kind of reaction yeah. from someone upsetting them yeah. and probably upsetting their wife and then leaving an awkward yeah. atmosphere in the room. Absolutely. What the hell does that actually achieve at the end of the day? It doesn't achieve shit. The other thing I wanted to say as well is these, the, how much do these people know about Rich Swan? Like Rich Swan is someone who is from a really, really tough background. I've seen these same people going around saying that they um, really represent and think about minorities and the working class and all this stuff before. It's posery bullshit a lot of the time, I think. Rich Swan is a guy from essentially the ghetto in Baltimore whose parents were both dead before he was out of his teens. I think he was fostered from what I remember hearing. He's had a really, really, really tough life. And I'm not saying that excuses what he did for one second, but I'm just trying to paint a picture of the type of life that this guy has led. You know, he's had a hard life and this is obviously getting to him. And by continuing to do this, it gets to the person who was the victim in this, which was his wife, who was asked for people to just leave it. Like, do they not realize that they're getting to that person who was affected by this and they're not doing themselves any favors? This, these stands that they're making, put your energies into stuff that's properly, like, important in life. Stop bothering yourself with, like, I don't know, wrestling bollocks. It's not going to get you anywhere. Like, there are other things that you can protest about. There are other things you can make a stand about where you can make a difference. Maybe think about mainstream politics more rather than these fucking fringe politics that exist around wrestling, where there are really non-events and non-stories when you break it down. For sure. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really angry. <laughs> I set you off there, Joe. Uh, yes. Send your hate mail for me. You know I to press my this. buttons, don't you? <laughs> well, I mean, the rest of the Impact show was good. Uh, <laughs> that that, that uh, dark moment uh, aside, uh, where, yeah, Rich Vaughn could have reacted better, but, yeah, uh, not, a, not a highlight of the show. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, the show itself was good, uh, despite all that stuff. Uh, I did think that, I mean, one other note I'll make before we do wrap up, and uh, we could easily go two hours on, on all those subjects. Uh, Sammy Callahan and Jimmy Havoc was a great main event. Um, that was one where they actually started the match by saying the sensitive fans should leave the building, and it kind of made oh. me laugh a little bit. Uh, I, don't know, I don't think it was a shot, but it, it kind of it fit, um, just because they were having their, their death match. Um, but I do think that, yeah, that was that was... Again, for me, probably the match. That's something we should get into in a minute. The match of the weekend, but I do think Callahan and Havoc. This uh, this special is airing on Fight TV to on Fight Network. Sorry, tonight UK. Uh, you can watch, still watch it on Twitch. 
it was one of those we've complained on this show a lot about Jimmy Havoc in the past and about the fact that he doesn't take his character particularly seriously the vast majority of the time but it being impact much like Andy Boy Simmons on commentary will have taken it seriously I'm sure Jimmy Havoc took the the opportunity seriously and we got a an incredible death match with just barbed wire being draped a lot across arms drawing pins to Jimmy Havoc's feet paper cuts if that's not your thing then okay you might not have enjoyed it but for me, it ruled, and Havoc's good at putting those matches together, and Sammy Callahan's a, a different class. He's uh, Him being the main event of this Impact show, this return to the UK, he's kind of the hero you wouldn't have chosen for Impact Wrestling, but he's kind of been the one they needed. He's very indie, and he has he's very rough around the edges, having this uh, deathmatch style and having a, a very you know unique presentation, uh, as you will, with him. Uh, but he, he really fits this current Impact resurgence and this, this aesthetic that they've got at the moment and yeah i thought it was a really really memorable main event and it was a a really really nice way to to kind of end the weekend and and end the 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 in-ring stuff that we we got throughout MediaCon. i just think yeah i think you'd agree jp sammy callahan's just someone who's he's just the right man for impact at the moment it is and it's it's kind of inexplicable because the best of times i've been kind of indifferent to him Mm. but it's like you say it's connected here and it's the presentation of how they've done it um, I don't know if they had as much success with, say, Moose or any Eddie Edwards in the presentations at times. And Eddie Edwards has had obviously some sort of upsides to it, but it's it seems to have really worked. It probably was the kind of note to finish an Impact show, and I imagine having that kind of a death match as well. That kind of something different from everything else that had gone on that weekend. You can't really go do much after a yeah, death match a lot of the time, it. and it's like that. Can so you? if you're going to have it, Scorched have it death. at the very end. Yeah. Was it better than the Pen- Pentagon Sammy Callahan match? Um, probably not, because that was probably. I mean, it was similar in the way it was put together, but I, yeah, I'd probably take Pentagon over Jimmy Havoc any time. But there's definitely there's probably a degree of live bias for me there as well. I do think these the deathmatch spots work very well in a live environment uh, as well as they work yeah. on VOD. Yeah. I've, I've just got memories of that Havoc and Pete Dunne. Uh, quote-unquote deathmatch that they had in progress last year that was another really memorable one just from being there uh, I do think yeah as much as I'll I'll slate Havoc uh, this is his kind of match and he really can deliver when he's on and I did think he was on uh, for the for the opportunity of, uh, of working with Impact cool awesome i mean i i kind of said that was uh that was my match of of the weekend uh maybe that or the jody and johnny tag with lax but for you guys uh any uh have you got a shout for match of the weekend or maybe just general moments of the weekend as we uh wrap up our talk on MediaCom? uh jeff jarrett's tan <laughs> oh the the photo that was originally quite crap but somehow made us look like with dave Meltzer and we're on starring in a hbo show i put a lot of filters <laughs> on that mate that's uh, yeah it was fun mate, you did dave. a cracking cracking job to save that I, wh- when are we on to, when are we on hbo well, we just look like a group of gang well just like the tony soprano of our group and we're, really we're is his uh problematic sons <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's us, yeah. Oh, i like that <laughs> anything else to say on MediaCon or, or anything else before we go I hope if it happens again, a different location, somewhere central, finds a big show to hold it around. But I hope there is another one mm. because I did enjoy it. Oh, as much as we've pointed out negatives, I had a cracking weekend. I had a great time. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, good good company with yourself, Benno, and 
all, all your boys from Liverpool as well, you know. And, yeah. and it, it, we, had, we had a top time. Definitely. Yeah, it was just kind of cool, wasn't it, to be there in a place like you say. And I said earlier in the show, you guys are there. My, fr- my friends from home were there. You know, Gareth, a uh, quick uh, plug for the Grapple app. Uh, one of our friends oh, yes. was there. Yeah. I made Stephen travel from Ireland. It was kind of cool to just like all be there and hang out, and at the same time be able to bother Dave Meltzer in his in his green hoodie for a photo, or or bugger Justin Thunderliger, or just just to kind of be there and soak her in. Uh, I just hope that yeah, next time they can maybe plug some of those gaps and maybe broaden. Uh, exactly who they were trying to uh, appeal with with this thing and mm-hmm. maybe take some of the feedback on board because yeah uh, again as you i'll echo what you both said there we might have some negatives to say but yeah it really was a hell of a weekend yeah thank you for wrestling media Con, for hosting a great yeah. weekend for us all yeah, thank you uh, before we go uh anything to plug uh, my twitter's at benson richard e uh, joe you haven't got one do you want to plug your myspace or, or anything like that Friend, Bebo. Friendster, Bebo. <laughs> Is yeah. that the one this week? <laughs> MSN Messenger Addy. Friends United. Uh, if you want MSN Messenger Addy, lemzip87 at hotmail.com. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like Sam Lemon 90. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, His Jim- MSN ad was whoopass90 at hotmail.com. Oh, nice. Awesome. Mine was Noodles Montana because I was a big fan of. Tony Montana, because I was a stupid teenager. Uh, <laughs> and Noodles was Master Killer from the Wu-Tang Clan's nickname. There you go, some oh, useless sweet. info for you. Oh, that, that, that's good. <laughs> it's not, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. Uh, anything you want to plug, JP? Uh, where can people find you? Um, I would say JP, Jippy, three E's. But um, also uh, a, a shout-out to yourselves for doing the live tweets as well throughout the, the, the weekend, keeping everyone up to date with what was going who's, on. Who's yourselves? Uh, you, you and I don't, Benno. I don't have Twitter. It was just Benno. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Sorry. definitely. Yeah, it was, it was all me. Definitely, you definitely didn't. Uh, <laughs> definitely Twitter at any point. Um, <laughs> and, Dave, and also the other people who contribute on the site as well. Go over and give some of their stuff a read. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, head to the IndieCorner.com. Follow the IndieCorner Twitter at the IndieCorner where you can find me and JP tweeting and uh, maybe a mystery third man as well. Uh, but that pretty much uh, brings us to the end of the show. We'll be back, uh, I'd say, in the next couple of weeks. Before We'll definitely do a show before Progress Wembley. Uh, yeah. I do want to do a bit of a catch-up on, on everything that's going on in Progress and also get ourselves ready for our WXW trip as well, JP. So yeah. stay tuned to the, the IndieCorner.com and the IndieCorner Twitter feed for all our information that's it for another show then no uh, we'll catch you again soon bye